Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by... A comic shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. For those of you joining us for the first time, Bad Storytellers is a podcast about a small group of amateur writers who submit and critique each other's work as well as discuss the written media we consume. It's like a book club but with a wider focus. Our group submissions are shared on our website, badstorytellers.com, and you can download them there if you'd like to read along with us. Additionally, we also accept your submissions for critique. If you would like some feedback with the same candor that we give each other, send in your submission to badstorytellers at gmail.com. Entries must be 10 pages or less. Additionally, at the end of each show, we roll the dice, pick three genres, and come up with a movie idea. Once we decide upon a name, we record the trailer for your listening pleasure. Enjoy. So... I got a few notes uh, today. First of all, we start with retractions and <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> or, or corrections rather. My favorite. <laughs> uh, last last week we were talking about uh, Clockwork Orange and the language that they spoke in Clockwork Orange was NADSAT. Okay, that was the dialect rather that they spoke. But I kind of want to touch base with all you guys. What are you currently uh, watching or re- reading or doing uh, in the past week? I don't know. My week was filled with a lot of music. Uh, recorded a thrash metal song this Sunday, which mm-hmm. is why with jump ramp, my voice is shot. Um, but I also watched a complete series on Netflix called Dark Matter, and it's like um, Firefly light in a lot of ways. Hmm. And there's, I think there's only like eight episodes, but it's it's like a, a group of space travelers wake up with no memory, and then they have to figure out who they are and what they're doing and in their mercenaries oh no what what's the story but it, it works out okay and there's a lot of cliches in it but i think it works really well and that's it's called dark matter dark matter are they on a spaceship like in fire they one? are on a on a spaceship so it's like firefly andromeda yeah okay far farscape, farscape only less good than farscape farscape is the best i love farscape <laughs> it's so it's so terrible and amazing <laughs> at the same time what about you doug uh i finished watching jessica jones mm-hmm it was good. Uh, I feel like I could talk for half an hour about like my feelings about it. But other than um, if you like Daredevil, you'll probably like Jessica Jones. This is like this, you know, it's a different show. So I don't know. You, you may or may not like it, but um, I thought it was all right. I, li- I still like Daredevil better for writing reasons, <laughs> and, and right, character right. reasons. But um, but that's not to say anything really that bad about Jessica Jones. Um, no, no, I'm I'm, what, I'm 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 not quite done with Jessica Jones yet. Right. Um, Neither am you, I. You you texted me when you finished it and said yeah. you, you didn't you didn't enjoy the ending. Okay, so plot-wise, I really enjoyed the ending, but character-wise, uh, certain characters did some really stupid things. Just things that went against their character from when you first met them in the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to go into too much detail because it's spoilers, but um, but it was all right. I still liked it, but I still liked it a little better. Um, I also saw the Peanuts movie. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah. It was good. If you really? like If you like Peanuts, and especially if you like the Peanuts cartoon, it's basically just like a Peanuts cartoon. Check that out, I'm, yeah. I'm cool. 
I'm no, a big you, fan of peanuts. I'm now yeah. on board. No, for I real. Was it was. It's completely true to the source. It's it's the most true to the source film adaptation of any comic strip or anything. It's not like Alvin and the Chipmunks or any of the other crap. It's, it's, uh, they're making another one. Yeah, Let's not Pe- talk about Peanuts. It. Peanuts is the real deal. If you ever liked Peanuts, you you should like this movie. Um, and I started reading 1984. I'm on chapter like eight. Oh shit! Yeah. How are you feeling about it? It's already a bummer. <laughs> like, I, mean, no. I like it. I like I, it. I promise you that there's a moment in that book where they just yank the rug out. Oh yeah, I, I know, but I'm I just I just know it's not going to end well. Yeah. But uh, oh man, it's it's a great book. I can see why people it, it blew their minds. I think it ends well. Well, the only thing is, <laughs> Jesus, fourteen year old me was destroyed by it because yeah. it was the first no- I think the first novel like I read gro- like grown that. up novel well I, I I mean I'd read a couple of grown up novels but even those were like they end and they get to have nobility hmm. yeah you don't get any of that it's like, I, I read Animal Farm in school yeah, yeah. and uh, but this I, for whatever reason I was just never assigned 1984 and I feel like I'd uh, absorbed a lot of it through osmosis of just being you know pop yeah. culture but reading it it's a whole other thing I think Anthony Burgess uh, Clockwork Orange was one of my first adult reading books and similar yeah if you, if you yeah. Well, did, did you get I, the version I, with the 21st chapter or did you get the one yes, that ended yes i think i yeah, had the 21st yeah. chapter i do have to say though uh, <clears throat> my my new favorite thing is how radio friendly max looks right now just leaning into that microphone is killing me because <laughs> it looks like the, uh, the the NPR girls from SNL so hard right now good times just good, good times. times good times <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the holidays. But 1984, like Ruin of oh, the Week, yeah. uh, the, the end of it, it it's mm. one of the best endings to any book. And I, I think next week maybe we'll talk about yes. about good endings, good endings in books, not 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 endings happy written endings. well. Exactly. But what endings was so that wrong with point. that society? Oh, everything, everything. Oh, all the things that were wrong with it. <laughs> I don't think they didn't do anything right. The memory hole. I mean, it's <laughs> every, yeah, memory hole. Everything in that book. Everyone had TV. Newspeak. Is Everyone that what you said the Clockwork Orange dialect was? Did you call it Newspeak last week? No, no, no. I, I it was. A, I said it was a yeah. Russian thing. It's, uh, it's Nadsat. Uh, it's well, there's Newspeak. Yeah, yeah new, <laughs> Newspeak. Double, double speak, plus. Double think. Newspeak yeah. is basically emoji. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. It, there's it's, a lot. No, of, it is internet shorthand. Like Big Brother's just BB. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh come on, man! Like mm-hmm. it, this is so. The super more, the super more, double plus good. I can see how people. Yeah, super yeah. double plus good. I can see how when people read 1984, like, oh, we're we're, we're going in that direction of an Orwellian future. And I'm like, uh, yeah, that sounds like paranoid talk. And I'm reading, like, oh god damn it. No, no a lot of it. A lot it. of it's really. Prophetic. How did writing yeah. start? Writing started with little pictures that stood for something, and now, was it four thousand years later? We've come back around to now. We just send pictures. To each other, that means something. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, the only thing is, I'm not good at texting or emojis. And they were like, "Oh, why are you so bad at texting?" I'm like, "Because this is not how I. It's can not accept- like, acceptable. I can't. I feel. I feel limited." And they're like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "There's a reason why telegrams back in the day oh, was yeah. like very, very fact based, no emotion. It's like they're attacking on the Eastern Front. Stop. Request that you send whatever. Stop. Da-da-da. Full stop. There's no way to misinterpret. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, but now it's that, better. Right. Now you can be like. Attack on the Eastern Front. Stop. Poop face with eyes. <laughs> so yeah. poop, and then poop we emoji. know. <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, yeah, 1984 is, is a phenomenal book, and you find a lot of really funny political stuff in present day where you're just like, oh. Yeah. I mean, so I'm already feeling awful uh, eight chapters in story-wise about how it's making me view my world. So I just can't wait for this ending to rip the... You don't, know, you're, you don't even know, man. <laughs> you don't even know. Here's, here's the deal. When you're over... Call me. We'll cry, cause you will cry. All right. I don't know if you'll cry, but you'll want to crawl under your house. 
<laughs> and just like, well, lay... I want to burn the book after I read it. Put the book in the memory you'll, hole. You'll just la- you'll just want to lay down and moan. <laughs> it is it is the one rough. that got me was uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Got oh me. my god. Four fifty one. Yeah. Because yeah. I love books and I want books. The version I, I I I read of that was actually the audiobook read by Ray Bradbury. Oh my god! And he has this voice of like he's a, he's a very old man, and his, yeah. his voice is very like this. And he talks like, "Oh, Montauk, you gotta do this." He's like, "Don't you see? Isn't this important?" But he gets so into it, you're just like, like when it ends, you're just like, "Oh, you poor man." <laughs> you do feel bad for him you, because you made your own nightmare. Yeah, exactly. You wrote your own nightmare. Congratulations. Yeah, but he put out a book being like, "Oh, TV is evil," and everyone's like. Yeah. No one no one got the point. Yeah. What was the, Especially um, not his wife in that book. <laughs> although yeah. although to be yeah. fair, like to be fair to the idea that TV is evil, I almost think like it's it, there's a weird synergy between movie, TV, books, comics now. Yeah. Yeah. That is, yeah, is very odd and no one predicted where well, like TV's yeah. gotten a lot better. TV well, has gotten a lot better, a lot more literary, and also there's a lot of like TV um, got better and worse at the same, same time. Because yeah. mm-hmm. it's the spectrum wide more yeah, channels yeah. to be mm-hmm. better um, and worse. But but I definitely know a lot of people who are like, oh man, I'm gonna read Game of Thrones, and they read Game of Thrones ap- after seeing the show, mm-hmm. and they're like, is there anything else like this? And I'm gonna be like, it's called the Library. Have Have you read Tolkien? And they're like, no, I don't. Like, how it, much do you know about yeah. the Gear Wars? <laughs> but, it was, yeah. but it was it was this big thing where like I don't know if I get into it. And I heard it was like it was really in depth. I'm like, it's no more in depth than that thing you just read. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a little concerned as a creative person. Uh, that the future is going to be so full of things like a Netflix show, like like the quality is going to get so good on things that take a long time to get through. That you that, can't self-produce things? Yeah, then I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah. well, okay, I could work on my own stuff or I could watch, you know, season two of Daredevil and it's like, all right, well, now that that's done, oh, shit, well, it's only like a week until, you know, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead Dude, season two. You know what I mean? It's like so there's much. so much stuff that I'm... Even old TV shows from years past... Where uh, people are like, oh, you never saw that. You should you should catch up on them. Like, dude, I don't have the fucking time. That's yeah. why it's like I, my tastes have gone. I don't want to say more discerning, but like, if the show doesn't like immediately grab me and like I feel like I have to finish watching it, I just don't. Like, mm-hmm. deep, like Deep Space Nine. One of these days I'll finish it, but now I'm, I'm just like it's it's gonna be forever on the back burner. But did it, you it, describe it, the I'm, plot I'm currently you? watching it, and it's on the back burner. Like yeah. it's the last of something I'll select. I, it's my favorite Netflix. I haven't gotten to the good part yet. <laughs> Are you saying Netflix is a conspiracy? Like no, Fahrenheit? no, 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 because no, it's not. No. It's not creating art. It's not just Netflix. It's just that, that cool. arts, like art and technology, are progressing to yeah. where they're they're telling big grand stories. Like movies tend to sort of get formulaic after a while, but I still mm-hmm. love movies, and there's still always going to be new awesome things. But TV is getting so good. The problem with TV is that it's a long form story that I have oh, yeah. to sit through. You can't like read something fast, like or you know, or do whatever. Like you can't mm-hmm. speed watch it. I mean, like you could speed watch a movie or a show, but it would ruin the tempo of everything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it would, you know, so I don't know, man. Like I've I've watched movies well, at like double speed just to see what it was like, but not because I like lack time, but for a TV show, nah. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. But yeah. the only thing is, what's what's killing me even more, and I think the the amount of freedom that's giving is like, all right. So Fargo is a series that I I I'm in love with, and my favorite part about the whole thing is season one and season two are tangentially connected. Mm-hmm. They're two complete stories, written and made by the same people. And there's one or two characters carried over, but they don't feel the need to have, one have the same tone, or or the same pacing. Even oh, that's interesting. I, I think and, I'd be more oh, in, more into that. But the whole thing is like they have so much freedom, and they get to make these again long ten. And they're making ten hour movies. Mm-hmm. They're making ten hour movies, and the whole thing is I blame Twin Peaks 
<laughs> the most. Um, because when you watch Twin Peaks now, yeah, sure, it seems dated, and there's a lot of like weird stuff in it. Never seen it. Uh, it's it's on Netflix. It's, it's on the back burner for me. Yeah, the only thing is, it's it's a great show, but it invented this idea. Yeah, that you could have these of really long form yeah, serialized. Of these, uh, yeah, these long form serialized things that are melodramas. I mean, it, the whole thing is, it's a soap opera taken to the next level, and it did an okay job of it. But I feel like it, we're we're coming with a a, a level of um. People who want to make movies, even who are like, now I want to make TV, yeah, because I want my ten-hour yeah. movie. Especially actors. Always, even aside from self-expression and art of wanting to tell a long-form story, as an actor, or director, or producer, or writer, or anything, to be attached to a series is a steady job. Yeah, you yeah, know, absolutely. so absolutely. Yeah, I recently had that realization of um, even if I don't like a TV show or a movie, I don't want it to fail anymore. Because of how many people are working, yeah, oh, yeah. so yeah. many, so many. So I'm like, yeah, make 18 more seasons of Big Bang Theory. Yeah, those people, are those people paid. got jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know true. enough cameramen and stuff. That the whole like, thing is like, Big I would Bang, like those guys to work. Like, the Big Bang Theory is almost more of the like my my poster child for like when you hear any of those people in interviews, all the actors and stuff. You're like, I really enjoy them as people. I like all these people, They're especially. Really nice. Especially what's her face? Oh yeah, um, no, she's uh, the, amazing. She she was Blossom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's she's oh, she's, no. a, she's still a practicing scientist. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> she's, and she's, she's like, incredible. no, this is a lot of fun, and it's really happy. Mayim uh, Bialik. Yeah, yeah Mayim Bialik. No, she's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So hot. Um, <laughs> in a really weird way. <laughs> on yeah. that note, Matt, what are what are you, or Max? Sorry, yes. what are you doing? Um, I just had a friend let me borrow a Ghost Set of Watchmen, the new Harper Lee book. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I've been, oh, the I've one been that, reading... Uh, that they pried from her poor demented fingers? <laughs> yes, yeah. So I've been reading Snow Crash, and I'm quite enjoying it so far. So, wait, so, oh, so you haven't read Ghost Set of Watchmen? No. Okay. I, it's on your, it's on your stack. I'm reading Snow Crash because I was sitting in, I couldn't remember what book came next in the Horatio Hornblower series, mm-hmm. because he wrote them in order. Because fuck looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> and Wikipedia. I didn't want to get my phone. But he's, he wrote them in order of how he wanted them to be. So they jumped like 20, 30 years in between. Mm. And you can read them chronologically, but it's, they said it's better yeah. to read how he wrote them. So I started Snow Crash, and I really like it. Yeah, Snow Crash, it's, it's like it knows how silly it is, and yeah. then, it, then you take a deep... Dive, but I know enough libertarians too that it's like their winter wonderland, and I hate that. And <laughs> you know, I have no idea what you're talking about. You okay. gotta, you gotta, I, I, yeah. I, know what, I know what you mean because every okay, so yeah. the world of Snow Crash, every suburb is called a burb clave, and it's its own, um, it, it's its it's its own okay. privatized society, like an like yeah. a Acropolis essentially, like, yeah, they're yeah, city yeah, states, Greek, yeah, 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 they're like city states within Los Angeles specifically, mm-hmm. and and um. I, I think once you get to Mr. Lee's greater, Mr. Lee's greater Hong Kong, then you're like, oh, this, I see how this could be good, mm-hmm. you know, if it was if it was if it was decent. But like most of the time, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's so like they've awful. gotten rid of most government entities. Like General Jim's army is a company that people work for, and it's a mm-hmm. there is there is there is, United, armies. there is a United States government that you'll get to later in the book. Yeah, but it's so like they have no power. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like you know, the Mr. Lee's has a sign that says it's not. You know, in no way affiliated with the Communist yeah. Republic of China, but yeah. it's just a good story. And the guy's name is Hero Protagonist, and That's, it's so great. <laughs> God yeah, damn it. no, it's great. It's There's great. There's a lot of Thrasher references, and it's really great. It's good. The, the main character's name is Hero Protagonist, and he is a super samurai who delivers pizza for the mafia. Yes, 
And he's oh a my god! Oh, that and, sounds and, amazing. And, and, and he's the best hacker in the world. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's it's like if you walked into a 1990s role playing chat room <laughs> and talked to the most ridiculous character that somebody created in there. That's the main character of this book. Original character, do not steal. No, exactly. Yes. And and but it's wonderful. It 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 knows exactly what kind of story it is. But what kind of chat room? Like one you could just go in, or one where you needed like three paragraphs to introduce your character. Well, of course. Start the game. Yeah, well, no, you need you need yeah. to be in the furthest rafter, like waiting, staring out over everybody because your tortured before soul. Your en- before your entrance. Yeah, oh, you of course. Enter. I mean, you're yeah. not going to walk in the door. Right, <laughs> but I I, I realize that, that people plebs, like a lot of people who who haven't read who haven't read this book, will probably think that it's terrible because of this. But no, it's actually yeah. really good. It's just, what if you took that world at face value and you could tell a good story? Yes, in it? and it is great. And it shout really out good. to my old Yahoo, uh, yeah, role playing groups. So I finished uh, the book I was reading last week, which was The Man in the High Castle, and it was okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to say. It was phenomenal world building, and the plot, with uh, like phenomenal world building, great characters that you really connect with, not really a story to speak of. Like it, it goes. I, from, that's a common criticism of Philip K. Dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it just it, it just goes oh, yeah. from it's it goes from for, character to character, yeah. and then it just it just ends like it's just over. Mm-hmm. You you hear about a plot that's going on in the background, but it's not you're not following that. Hmm. Um, but it's uh, it's the characters are great. The world building is awesome. I could see how you'd want to make a TV show out of it. Although the TV TV show. Um, looks nothing like like the book in the sense that it seems like there is a common thread linking everything. Oh no, they yeah. they created, they merged yeah. and created. Yeah, yeah. And and from mm-hmm. what I understand, Philip K. Dick wanted to make another like a, a, a bunch. He wanted to make it book into in a that series world or whatever. Yeah, he wanted to make it into a series, but he's like somebody else will have to write it. I also finished uh, read and finished Old Man's War oh. uh, this week, and I thought it was yeah. really good, very entertaining, and. While not really like like not, not really a great story in itself, it reminded me a lot of Starship Troopers yeah. in that its its world building is kick ass and it gives you a character that goes through the whole process of of joining the military and doing all the stuff and you you connect with and meeting new alien races. But like um, Starship Troopers starts with a battle against the Skinnies, yeah, where it introduces you to all technology. Most of the book is like that, is like that battle, and then there's there's much less of the of the military. Jargon, yeah, from Starship Troopers, but there's a much there's much more of uh, of the story in it, which is which is pretty good. It, it's solid, has a decent ending. It's not, it's much better at world building than uh, the Forever War by by Joe Alderman, yeah. but Forever War has an awesome ending. <laughs> it's 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 amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the I, I don't really Forever War when it ends, you're like, damn. Yes, yeah. like it's just like yes, yeah, it's a yeah. great book. I'll have to like, check that one out. Yeah, it, it, it's it's wonderful. The, like the, when I remember what, that you brought up that the, the Forever War was supposed to be like a counterpoint to Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't feel like that when you read it, and when you read Old Man's War, you, you think, oh, this is this is right down the line of Starship Troopers, except it's focused on a man who's old and misses his dead wife a lot, and, so and read, it's really good. You read Old Man's War? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. I finished it. Pretty awesome though. Right? Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. more books because the the alien, like the alien oh. world building in it, is awesome. Have you read? All there are so many books. Have yeah, no. by the way, there's like four. Of them. Yeah. No, there's like nine of them. <laughs> well, yeah. no, I, well, I guess I guess it's in total like five. One of which is a collection of short stories. Yeah, yeah. or because, maybe maybe even two of which. You know, uh, there's there's like internet exclusive stuff. Right, right, right. Weird. Yeah, Old yeah. Man's War. I really, really enjoyed. Have you guys read uh, Norman Mailer? No. You Norman Mailer. Oh, which Norman? Mailer? The Castle in the Forest. Yes, you made me read that. Yes, and didn't you love it? Uh, no, I 
hated it. You hated it? I okay. hated it. For anyone, it's about a, a demon who sees a baby Hitler and oh it's so fucked decides up. to make him into a big Hitler and then does. And it's awesome. Oh, God. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I don't it's, know. it's a weird, weird book. I liked it. I liked reading it. Yeah. But then afterwards, you're like, why'd you write this? Yeah. No, it's real weird, but it's great. I think uh, I, I finished Old Man's War about two hours before I showed up here at Cosmic Vinyl. Holy crap. <laughs> so okay, great. so um, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to read next. I think I'm going to do The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Gein. Mm-hmm. Ursula K. Gein, I think. Le Guin. Le Guin. Le Guin. Le Guin. Le Guin. Is that how it's spelled? Dude, pronounced? No have, you, have you read The Dispossessed? No. My favorite book by her. Oh, okay. Oh, so man. it's oh, another no. one. Uh, well, the only thing is the book itself, um, the way it's written plays into its plot, but it also perfectly describes why an anarchist government can't really exist, why mm-hmm. the failings of a capitalist government, um, oligarchies, and communism, and it just flat out says all of them have their problems and then list almost list them virtue by virtue, and the only thing that makes sense is a guy who's outside of all of them going like, I don't understand what's going on right now, and I don't like any of this. It's like oh, I how love, interesting. I love it. You have to check I, it out. I, I think, I think, but the it, way that the whole thing is, it sounds way, like it sounds like the left hand of darkness is the same kind of exploration um, that that is, but about sex and gender. Mm-hmm. Oh, like because they could, yeah, yeah. Because from what I understand, it's about it, like people visiting this planet where people can change their sex at will if they want to breed and and, and live life as that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's not. It, it's so alien and weird. Like it, it, it's interesting. I don't know. I, I don't know much about it. I haven't started. Have it. you read Earthsea? Earthsea. Yeah, no. <clears throat> I, ha- I have I have the book. I have not read it. It's a three books, I believe. Sorry, and um, she wrote it, and then Sci-Fi went to make a miniseries. I, I remember hearing about the that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch the miniseries. All of the characters in the book are either brown or black. There was one black character in the miniseries. Oh my god! Yeah, hmm. they whitewashed the entire story, and she was standing outside. She's like, "No, you don't do this." And Sci-Fi's like, "It's cool." It's cool. Be we're sci-fi. Yeah. It's it's cool. We know what we're doing. We made Sharknado before we changed our name to Siffy. Now that that is, that <laughs> is apparently a, they're taking it back. They're going back to sci-fi. Good. Thank God. They used now, to have good stuff, and now 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 one of the things I I think is really interesting is, is we talk about multiracial casts and characters and having having a black main character. I, I've heard weird criticisms where people are afraid to make um, black characters the main character of a film because of overseas appeal, specifically in Asia. Really? Well, yeah. even in America. Oof. Do you remember the backlash for Hunger Games? Oh, my God. The first Hunger Games movie? That, well, here's the but, thing. But, but the that internet, but internet that gives people who, who normally shouldn't yeah. talk a loud voice. But so it was I, like but, 13-year-old girls. But we're not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about backlash. I'm talking yeah. about interest. Yes. Because, because uh, Hunger, Hunger Games still made bank, right? You saw like, they did to the new Force Awakens movie poster? They removed a character. They, yeah. they, they, so like the Force Awakens movie posters got all the main characters on it. It was, it was Lupita. Um, no, John Boyega. Oh, it was John Boyega. John Boyega is the, aka the Black Stormtrooper. Right. Um, Who's also right. gorgeous. He's a cool dude, and like <laughs> um, I say, because I totally know him. Yeah. But it's like, but <laughs> but, he, but he but he comes off as a really cool dude. Anyway, disclaimer: He does not yeah. know him. Would he want to come on the podcast? <laughs> I don't. I don't know him. Okay. But he seems like a really cool dude, and um, he he has like a huge prominent. You know, spot on the movie poster in, and all the trailers too. But when they show you like the um, like the one that they show in China, like that, it's almost identical in the movie poster, except he has shrunk like oh, way down and put like I think like R two and three PO are bigger than him, and where the giant wait, 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 space wait. where he Tiny. was is now filled with Tie Fighters and X Wings. I actually haven't seen the 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 poster. R two and three PO are on the. Yeah, poster. they're in the movie, man. 
of course. <sighs> so well, well, I mean, it, 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 may, it may make sense that they are because remember, this is after we, we don't know. It, oh, anyway. I'm, they're fucking I'm, robots. I'm not <laughs> gonna see the they, goddamn they movie. They don't age. Like yeah, they're the exact same. Still. No, 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 no. Regardless, the 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 point about computers don't age. But they break. Yeah. Well. Well, the, the, they're upgraded. The point about the 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 racism in well, maybe not even just racism, but disinterest. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. In these in in uh, having a uh, a black main character in in these Asian countries, it becomes a real uh, economic mar- economic yeah. risk because because China is is unbelievably uh, lucrative right now. They're the, the only reason American why films. Terminator Genesis yeah. made money. It's the same thing about even comedy or. Uh, too much of a story. Oh yeah, they don't want to put it out because it doesn't translate. Comedy is not going to translate to India or China. It's true because you know? so, it's very specific, and that's why. Mm-hmm. They, well, the whole thing is like comedies lately have been, getting... and they've been. Well, the whole thing is like comedies have been shot really, really boringly because mm-hmm. they're not getting really good directors to do comedy anymore. And it's really weird because because there's a kind of racism that's only really accepted in uh, in Asian God. in certain Asian cultures. Yeah. Um, because like I remember when I when I did. Um, yeah, Koreans specifically. Koreans really it's the, mo- the most the oh most God. racist group of people I've ever met is is people who are not even American citizens from Korea. Like, oh, yeah. like they, they they came over only because I was involved in Taekwondo for a very long time. You go to tournaments and stuff like that. And Someone's just, mom. Just outward, I know, but also outwardly just open about it, <laughs> like completely open about it. And it's not just black people; it's everybody. I mean, oh, yeah. they'll 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 tell you they'll 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 be out and out about it. But uh, but it's interesting that, that you have to consider those kind of things when you go into when you go into movie making to sell a movie, yeah. right? Because I I, I want to be um, perfectly straightforward with you guys. I chose the name Malcolm for the main character of my book because uh, it's it's kind of racially agnostic, mm-hmm. and you almost want to have like the Spider Man thing where anybody can imagine that they yeah. are, are similar to the right. main character in the book. You know what I mean? Uh, because you want you want it to kind of represent everybody. The only thing is, it's not you know sexually agnostic. Like you know, Malcolm's a boy, but you know, I, I don't really know much I, I, about being a young well, girl. J.K. Rowling picked Harry Potter because uh, they said it was easier for girls to identify with a boy character than mm-hmm. for boys to identify with a girl character. That's interesting. Well, also, also, and and you have to consider this as well. At least in America, I don't know how it is worldwide, but boys are really falling behind in reading. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, nationwide, like mm-hmm. like girls are girls are crushing the boys in reading, and not that girls shouldn't do well, but but I mean, boys have been doing progressively worse every yeah, year, yeah. and if there's and a way, even graduating high school, no, it's yeah. it, especially college, way worse in college than than high school. So if if there's a way that you could bring that number up a little bit, you know, like it, yeah. it, like maybe it's worth trying. I mean. That's kind of the, the teen vampire. Didn't know you had a messiah complex, Josh. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't want to sound too much like a narcissist. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Like, you you think didn't about those know we had a messiah complex. No. How long have you known Josh? Oh, yeah, 12 stop minutes. It. Stop. But the Asian thing, is it racism or is it just coming from a a society where it's only one people? Well, like no, they're, well, they're, they're, totally, they're totally they're into white people. They're, like, you know. they're not one people. Well, and the, then when the you the Chinese describe, are totally yeah. into white people, right? Yeah, like like you can be hot, you can if you clean up well and can put on a suit, you can be paid to stand next to important people. Yeah, <laughs> as a white China. person in yeah, China, that's a job. But like I know in Japan, if your like great grandpa was Korean, you're not allowed to be a Japanese citizen. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, yeah. well, in Japan, it's very. It's not just. It's not just race. It's also class. There's yeah. a weird classism because people who are like descended from somebody who's it was a great great grandfather, yeah, yeah, grave digger, yeah. are are considered lower class citizens. Like there's a glass ceiling or, or for bad, those people. Or just bad yeah. luck. Like, yeah, you know. it's it's terrible. <laughs> I don't understand. And also, like weirdly superstitious for 
people who are willing to build some of the mm-hmm. grandest cities on earth. It's true. Well, and like also, that's that's to me that's the like the weird irony. Well, I, I, I think yeah. the, I think it's it's hard for us to address what that must be like because we live in America where something like that is viewed the exact opposite. Yeah. Like if your if your dad was a coal miner, <laughs> and right. you become president of the world. You're like everybody's like yes. High five. Yeah. Like everybody <laughs> come from nothing. You story is everything. Yeah, like that's the uh, like yeah. we we call it the American dream. You know, yeah. like that's the American dream right there. Thank you for joining four white dudes talk about race. <laughs> <laughs> we should maybe we settled we, it. No, we should I think maybe we're done. next week when the topic is <laughs> Syrian immigrants. <laughs> no, it's well, not, not so much race, yeah. but but the but the perception of race in literature and yeah, how no, if, and how people perceive race, yeah, yeah. like from from a from a perspective of being written or, or written or seen. I but, mean, when I write it, yeah. when I write a race, <laughs> but do you think people really think a rickshaw? Do you think people pay attention to authors' directions of how a character looks? Yes. What like when you mean like the reader fans? Yeah. I know that fans do because there's a big row about Harry Potter of, and not having f- green eyes. So there's yeah. a lot of but a lot of fans don't because like you were saying the the people who were disappointed when they saw that character in Hunger Games was yeah. was black and they're just like like what I didn't know they were black. It's like well doesn't it say it in the yeah book? in the little book <laughs> it's like the little black girl it did it definitely like, did how is she supposed to be black I was like because the author yeah, she described yeah. she described her skin color her hair she yeah. didn't call, you know what she didn't call her a black girl though. Oh, I think I've that's that's never the, read them. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the, that's the thing. I think that people didn't. It's that she had dark skin. They go, oh, you mean like tanned? It's yeah. like what she said, she had dark skin and curly hair, like tight curly hair, yeah. and and people just assumed that she was like, oh, she's a tan girl with curly hair. Because <laughs> those, well, those are you know what you know what they've been doing this for a thousand years. Did the same thing to Jesus. <laughs> Two thousand years. Wait, so you're saying Jesus is black. <laughs> Okay, for this section of the podcast, I wanted to, to want to talk about villains for a bit. Yeah, mm. and villains are different depending on the medium, depending on what you value mm-hmm. in a villain. Uh, so I wanted to talk about what are your, what makes a good villain, uh, and who are your favorite villains. I think we'll start with who are your favorites, so that yeah. we can that we can have the broader discussion immediately afterwards. Um, so out of out of all of you who could think of a literary villain that you're fond of, uh, who who has picked one? Uh, I, I have. Yeah, I have two. And and mine would be Iago from Othello mm-hmm. because he's an orchestrator, puppet master guy. He's he's a villain through misinformation, but he also just – there's um there's a monologue he has where he's like – and I'm not even sure if this information, like why I'm going to ruin this guy's life is even true, but it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. I'm just going to ruin his life because mine is shit. And I love that because I, I don't – I don't always need a villain that I can I can place myself into personally, or or if it well, I, you can I, empathize with, or if I'm going to, I wanted to empathize with my worst mm-hmm. um, impulses rather than my my best that have been corrupted. Like he's just a dick, and that's why I love him. Like he he Iago is just a fucking asshole, <laughs> and that's why he's like one of my favorite villains. But is he believable? Is that why? You oh like yeah, him? no, yeah. he's he's a believable, terrible douche. And Max, what about you? Oh, mine is um, Edmund Dantes, the County Monte Cristo. <laughs> as, as a villain? I, as, yes, a villain. as a villain. You, say, you said this before, and yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I just don't understand how he's a villain. My favorite villain of all time. Because he, spoiler alert, wouldn't, wouldn't say. For he a goes book. after the, the book's been out for like, like, a, like 200 years. <laughs> yeah. several, several Not really, movies. but close. A really good miniseries with um, Gerard Depardieu, mm-hmm. the old fat French guy. It lasts like six hours long, but it's great. And he, you know, he is betrayed by his love, he believes, and he's sent to prison. You know, Gerard Depardieu, didn't he also play one of the Musketeers? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Just <laughs> No, I think... Very, the, very yeah. interesting. Very, a Dumas actor. Yes. Just like Patrick Stewart is a yes. Shakespearean actor. Mm-hmm. I love Patrick Stewart. 
Yeah, everybody does. I'm so happy with Horatio Hornblower as Patrick Stewart. So, so okay, yeah. so he's he's a villain, Dante. He's a well, he he is sent to jail wrongly, and he's sent to like French bad jail. He's sent to the French version of yeah, Supermax. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, uh, like, of the, the the French version of our uh, Guantanamo. Yeah, Guantanamo, because they don't they know he's not guilty, but they don't want to deal with it, so they right. send him to the the worst place they can, and then he gets out and he finds an almost limitless amount of money, and then just uses it to become this European supervillain, where he goes across like the whole continent of Europe just doing crazy things to get back at the people. You know, he loved. I, I I didn't want to agree with you. Yeah, but, but now, you're, now you're there. I'm on board, and I'll t- I'll discuss why when we talk about he more of castles. our favorite villains. He has several different identities <clears throat> that cross paths. Yeah, to where he like he dresses up as a priest to like set some people up, and then he comes through, and they're like, oh well, if I get this priest, he'll he'll exonerate me. But he was the priest, so he's not going to do it, and he just he spends his money in the best way to become the best villain. And it is, I mean, I mean. Revenge in and of itself is villainous. Yes. yes. You know, I mean, yeah. you really, and it is the best revenge story. Like, there's nothing oh, that comes close to it. There, yeah. there, there's nothing that even even compares to it. Like, I remember I watched Kill Bill, and, and, and there was a discussion on the radio about revenge stories. And, like, yeah, is there any other good revenge movies you've seen? Like, uh, you know, and they mentioned. Uh, like, Payback with Mel Gibson? Yeah, yeah Payback God with Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, I guess now John Wick would qualify. Oh, yeah. What yeah. Was that, but um... nothing compares to Count of Monte Cristo. Even the film is good. Like, the, yeah. rec- the more the film recent is really film, good, yeah. it, it's very good. Yes, that was um, Richard Harris, right? I don't know. Oh, I love Richard Harris. Him and Peter O'Toole were just like, they were Shakespearean actors. <clears throat> yeah, they, when they were drinking. Done, they like would just go drink fiends. like 18 bottles of whiskey and get in fights at like 70 years old. Yeah, that's that awesome. sounds like a block. That's, you, you that's want my plan. Yeah, you want you want like an entertaining half hour? Just look God. up videos of of Richard Harris and Peter O'Toole guesting on like David Letterman, yeah. telling <laughs> stories about when they were drunk. It's phenomenal. It is great. I'll have to check it out. He didn't want to be in Harry Potter, but his granddaughter's like, "I will never speak to you again if you don't." <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "Okay, I guess I'm doing that." But I'll he's say like, the wizard shit. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "I'm Richard Harris. Can I be drunk?" <laughs> my, my favorite. Um, literary villain is a little obscure and I wish he wasn't because I genuinely wish more people read this book uh, there's a book called Weave World by Clive Barker and there's a, and there's a lot of evil monsters and stuff in it um, that, that that are very powerful and very straight capable up, straight up demons yes yes demons that are that are beyond human comprehension but my favorite villain is a man it's a human man named Shadwell who is just a salesman and all he wants to do is manipulate these evil demons in doing what he wants so he can make a better sale every time. And then somebody hurts him uh, personally. They, they, they hurt his feelings, basically, and he decides he want, he's out for revenge. So now he uses everything at his disposal to get what he wants, including recruiting the demon who – or not demon. I guess you would call it a, um, a horrible monster – that believes it is it may be the truth that it got that it guarded the garden of eden against all evil um into maybe raising the earth <laughs> of, of all living creatures just to satisfy his revenge his revenge stick and he's very intelligent and he's very uh he's very committed but he's also very pragmatic about how he gets his things done including pitting other monsters and and evil demons against each other it's an incredible character Probably my favorite literary villain. You know, I, I didn't have one, and I was trying really hard to think of one. But I, I said my reason for not having one was because most of the books I really like don't have like a primary antagonist. It's usually I like, feel the same know, way. Yeah, so it was hard for me to pick one. But I but I'm remembering one. I'm gonna feel terrible because I don't remember the name. But um, 
actually, I started to read a bunch of the Ian Fleming novels in order. And oh, okay. I got to Moonraker, and which is nothing like the movie Moonraker whatsoever. So James James Bond is in it. That's all it has in common. <laughs> so uh, the and, villain and Mo- Moonraker is the name of a missile. Correct. Yes, in the in the book, it's the name of like this missile that's supposed to go out to outside the stratosphere and be able to like hit other parts of the Earth, and it goes so high into into orbit around the Earth. It's called the Moonraker because it like you know scrapes mm-hmm. the moon is the idea, um, not literally, but that's just like the nickname. like a skyscraper. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the villain, and I don't remember his name, but um, I really dug the villain in that, um, and that's going in order from like several other Bond books. Was this that. was this the Norse guy? No, not not a Norse guy. This was a dude who. Um, uh, the twist is that he's like a rich billionaire. He's basically like a you know, Elon Musk of the day, and he's you the know, Bond villain. Yeah, except well, except um, he's like a war hero from uh, World War II, and um, he went out like got shot down behind, behind enemy lines, and he broke you know from prison camp and he came back a war hero. But the twist is that you find out uh, this guy is not that guy. This guy was a Nazi who is pretending to be that guy. And is using all of his power to be like, you know, power to the Reich! And he's going to, like, launch this missile with a nuke on it and it destroy, you know, the world. And um, uh, the, 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 the backstory when they unveil, like, who this guy is and, like, how he tricked everybody, it is a big, like, deception. It's not just, like, how do we make him an even more bad guy? Let's just say he's a Nazi. It's, like, a long, slow yeah. burn on the reveal of, well, almost like Count of Monte Cristo where you're, like, this dude is a genius who's not just an insane guy who just wants to blow up the world, but, like, yeah. he had a master plan from, like, 30 were, years ago in the yeah. works. There yeah. were machinations. Now, if, yeah. you, if you notice a common theme about, about these literary villains is that they're all extremely intelligent. Yeah. Just and like I, us. And, well, dumb villains aren't really, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true, and and, and I, I'll probably yeah, bring it up next week. dumb villains can be great. Yeah, I, I want to bring it up next week, but, but there are a few dumb villains um, that are legitimately fantastic. Um, but what about like next? Mongo, Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring up another book you might like. Um, Clive Cussler. Have you read any Clive mm-hmm. Cussler? His novels are great. They're like James Bond on the ocean, and they always make terrible movies out of them. And I like that Sahara. Oh, really? oh yes. Man. But the book is um, like his books are. He was just pissed great. about that movie, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I, it's I, I wonder why. <laughs> one of them is about a group of. Nazis. It was before McConaughey was good at picking like, his films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a book about before these, uh, really Argentinian Nazis who want to um, melt the polar ice caps to make Siberia into the new breadbasket of the world, and it's just insane. And I don't know why they have an arc. I know that was in a Bond movie too, but like they have an arc and they're going to survive, and only the white people and Nazis and everything. And Custler has to stop them, but not Custler, but Dirk Pitt or whatever the guy's name is. But it's a great <laughs> Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. If you enjoy James Bond, Dirk kind of protagonist. <laughs> and the guy is just a billionaire, Clive Custler, and he just writes books about crazy things because he helped find the Titanic and he finds shipwrecks and just gives them away. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about book villains. What about yes. uh, movie villains? <laughs> Uh, what about movie, and, movie and TV? Right? Movie, uh, sorry, sorry. Yes, anybody who's live filmed. action, live action, yes. um, live action, or even cartoon. Because you just screwed me. <laughs> uh, my favorite movie TV villain is the Monarch from uh, Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. because he doesn't care about any. Like, it's not about being. It's not even about killing the Ventures. That's not what it's about. Because if it was, he could have done it time and time again. It's about being a villain. He's, he loves he's, being a villain. King Gorilla. He's very rich. He's very capable. And it's the whole thing is like he's so bored with his regular, like 
what else could he possibly do with his level of money and level of, of intelligence and capability? There's nothing else that would be nearly as entertaining as trying to ruin a super scientist's life. And I like that because then it it reveals the veil of like there's no revenge story. And they try and explain when we're like in college they have a have a right. <laughs> but it makes no sense to like the the extremes they've gone to. And I like the entire Venture Brothers villain society where like again it's um in a world where super science exists, why like regular people are beneath them. Why wouldn't they just battle it out between each other endlessly for now their own you, pleasure. Now that you bring that up, I, I think uh, I think I could watch the Venture Brothers if it was just about the monarch struggle and being the best supervillain. He's yeah. he's fantastic. I mean, I just like the 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 best episode I've ever seen is the one where he's in prison oh and trying God. to get out, and and it's at two King Gorilla. <laughs> like it's, it's one of, you get out of here, and you love her. Like it's one of the best television moments I've ever seen. No, it is. And it's, <laughs> it's and it, amazing. And it's just it's it's melodramatic. It's 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 over the top, and it's not even about killing the ventures because it's just about like there's even moments where like he also he, like he doesn't want to kill the boys very much like no, he's always no, no, worried no. like he's like oh geez are you okay yeah and more importantly he's like he's actively like concerned about their well-being it was like mm. he's like oh man you have you have you have a really weird relationship with your father and they're like we know yeah their father's a dick yeah <laughs> and they're like, he's like i agree i think i think you're 100 percent correct on that there, but yeah there's just there's a weird meta narrative on on what villains could possibly be in in the monarch and i think Doc Hammer and Jackson Public hit on on something amazing, which is like, like why is the Riddler a villain? I, I think villain is kind of a stretch, more like mischief yeah, maker. <laughs> but like, but like, why is the Riddler a villain? Also, I'm changing my villain now, right now. Okay, <laughs> Douglas. Uh, for movies and TV, I mean, my my childhood knee jerk reaction was the Emperor, specifically from Return of the Jedi. Just uh, the Jedi. Way. Yeah, because every even the sound of his voice, every syllable was so constructed to be what is the epitome of evil? Like you know, just right. every movement, every attitude, every line is just reeks of an evil thing that just I don't know. It's 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 a perfect performance for me. I don't know if that's necessarily the best, but I definitely really like that one. Uh, the other one was a a, a, a tie between uh, Heath Ledger's Joker and Jack Nicholson's Joker. Mm -hmm. Ooh. On every list of, of great movie villains, Heath Ledger's Joker is number one. Hmm. I didn't every like single Heath one of them. I don't Joker. think that should be true. Yeah, I don't. I love I Heath Ledger, a... but I did not like his Joker. Oh, no, I, I, least... I, I loved his Joker. Oh, no. I loved but... his Joker, but I feel like when you <clears throat> when you discount Jack Nicholson's Joker, yeah. you're, you're they're different. Lessening... They're totally different. They're oh, different no. characters. Yeah. And that's why I love the fact right. that they both exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I can't pick one over the other. They're both great for different reasons. Although your favorite Joker, my favorite Joker, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're both. I know. They're, they're, my favorite Joker is the one voiced is one under under the Red Hood. That's my favorite Joker. Really? John DiMaggio. Yeah, John really? DiMaggio. Mine is Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Yeah. Mark Hamill's great. Mark Hamill's great. Mark Hamill's great. It's I just, love Mark Hamill's Joker. Under, under the Red Hood's Joker is phenomenal. <laughs> Mark, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill is great, but I just for whatever if I if I if you put a gun to my head and like you have to pick a number one favorite, I would probably side with Jack Nicholson. Mm. Not not because of nostalgia, like looking I see through what, it. I don't Definitely think there's Jack been a Nicholson. bad Joker except for the one in the more recent cartoon where he has dreadlocks. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of lame. Uh, but the um, but but for me, Jack Nicholson's Joker, more. 
more than any other to me was struck it? the balance between funny, hilarious, yeah, and, and, and homicidal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas like Heath Ledger didn't really make me laugh that much. I mean, there, there, was, yeah. there was you know he's had a couple good lines, but he was mo mostly scary. Whereas the thing I loved about Jack Nicholson is that even today I can watch it, he can make me laugh completely mm -hmm. and then scare me. Like, but he has the obsession with Batman down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joker's life is to be the counterpoint and the ending of Batman. Yeah. Not exactly in killing him, but just proving him that the Batman is no better than him. The only and one I think Jack Nicholson does it. Also, I, 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 think, I, think, I think the only mm -hmm. version of Joker that doesn't do it is the cartoon one with the dreadlocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that's the only one. I think it's the Batman. I think it's that cartoon. <clears throat> I think it. I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Max? Um, movie slash TV. Also, Batman. Uh, I would have to say Tom Hardy's Bane. Very good villain. Very good villain because he destroys everything willingly, just because person he loves tells him to and he has such a great time doing it mm -hmm. oh, i like he, the direction they went with yeah. him and like, he's with built for it oh yeah, yeah definitely and he's he he is the anti-batman oh, yeah. yeah. more than any because he comes from nothing mm -hmm. and and does the same kind of physical uh training yes. that the batman does with the same type of type of problems but he he doesn't have all the advantages well, that no, bruce wayne is, had well, the only thing is and also bruce wayne <laughs> has has uh, a a mental pain that is driving him and Bane has a physical pain that's yes. driving him. But I mean, there's some problems with that movie. But just the sheer <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, no, there no, are problems, no, like, like for instance, how does he eat? The you sheer know, joy, any, anything. Yeah, the sheer joy of destruction really that he gets out of everything <laughs> just makes me happy as a fan of villains. I yeah. You know, Seeing that movie, uh, what, what villain would you want to hang out with? You know. Oh, not, not him. Not that's him. for sure. Oh, no, really? I, I, well, the only thing is like... Yeah, I would much rather hang out with the Monarch. <laughs> Dude. Would you, though? The Monarch would get you trashed. Yeah. <clears throat> as far as me for movie villains, um, I picked uh, Don Corleone in The First Godfather. I'm not actually... I know I'm... Wait, not, no, I'm, Michael Corleone or Don Corleone? Sorry, sorry, thank you. Michael Corleone. But that's also still the Don. Yeah. Well, uh, becomes the Don. Yeah, yeah. Michael Corleone in the first God, Godfather movie, uh, not the second one. I actually, I, I know I'm the, on the outlier here, but I'm not that big of a fan of the second movie because I, it doesn't feel like a, a complete story to me. But the first one, where you watch him become the villain, yes, it's amazing. It I mean, it's one of the it's one of the best. I, I know it's I know it's overblown. Everybody everybody talks about. It. I mean, that and Scarface, both the same yeah. actor playing the same main character. But watching Michael Corleone come from home from the optimistic young. War hero. That's my family. Okay? No, no. Yeah, more yeah, importantly, it's not me. It's not me. Like, the only thing is also war hero saw terribleness, mm -hmm. thought he was coming home to not that. Right, and and the and then totally having it yeah. be the same thing. Has to step it up. That yeah. moment when he's like shut the door. It's yeah. just like. Boom. Yeah, but well, also also when um, I think the moment for me, like the end of that movie. Yeah. Okay, we talk about good endings. Yeah. The end of that movie is amazing. Yeah. The end of the first it's a master class. Oh, it's yeah. unbelievable, but. <laughs> The the moment where you're like, oh, now this is the movie, is when they go to when they go to Vegas and uh, and he argues with his brother Fredo and they send Mo Green away mm -hmm. and he's sitting there and he's like, Fredo, you're my brother, I love you, but don't you never go against the family yeah. again. <laughs> like that that I was like, this is a different person entirely. Yeah. And then it just yeah, it, yeah. and then it becomes that, that was the moment the where, the where he was a different person. But I, what about Tom? Do you think Tom was also a good villain, conciliary? I don't think he was a villain. He wasn't a villain. Yeah. If anything, I, I think he was, he was trying to keep it together. Incredibly relatable. I think even, he's a great villain on, on he's sides. doing <clears throat> he's doing terrible things for money for the family. He's just the same yeah. as anyone else. <laughs> no, he just that's, a, to be that's, a a, that's a mook. You know, that's he's not, not a, a mook villain. though. He's no, he's not. very smart. He's, he's very, very, very smart. He's plugged into everything. He is a great villain, and I I like him as much as I like Michael. 
See, I don't know, because when you see him tied he, up he's by, only, uh, he's by only the a bad villain. guy, I, yeah. what's, what's his name? The bad guy who, who wants to sell cocaine? Oh, oh fuck. He's got some kind of name. trick name. We'll print, it, we'll print it as the... Uh, as the yeah as the uh the retraction next episode yeah. but yeah, yeah he's, the, he's the turk he, he has yeah. the knives yeah. <clears throat> that guy's a villain like that guy's a straight-up villain who's nowhere near michael corleone's but he's villain a dumb villain like we said yeah. there's a dumb villain and there's a smart villain. i don't think he's dumb but he's not as smart as michael <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah michael is a hundred percent Thomas the, only is as evil as the mafia is evil because yeah. like the most evil thing he does is is go talk to the dude in Hollywood about orchestrating the horse's head. You know, it's like I think he's exactly as evil as Michael's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which is not as evil as Michael. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, Don Corleone, his his father. I'm um, not saying he's a better villain, but I think he's also the mafia is is the villain. Yeah, <laughs> like, mafia. Yes, you know, all of so, them together are yeah. villains. Right, right, right. But yeah, that that was my choice. And I, I think mm-hmm. I think it, I feel pretty good about that. There's a bunch of movie villains that I love, like Bill the Butcher and um, Oh shit, yeah, he's a good yeah, one. Yeah. I mean that that's that was that was that was definitely See, I know as soon as we're gonna be done recording, I'm gonna be laying in bed and I'm gonna about to fall asleep and go, I should have said that, fuck. You know, then I'll forget, <laughs> but whatever. There's also I mean there's there's a ton of great movie villains that I really love, but if I have to pick a favorite I really even love Bill in Kill Bill. Yeah, I mean, as, so, as a eh. soft villain. Yeah. I like him as a soft villain. A little too soft for me. A little too soft. <laughs> All right, what about comic books? Because right, right. this is where villains yeah. come from. All right. Riddler, my number one. Interesting. Totally Riddler. Um, is it because he's not a bad guy? Because he doesn't give a shit about stealing money or having fame. It's about beating the Batman. And it's not even about beating the Batman. Because it's not about defeating the Batman. No, it's about giving him a puzzle and there always needs to be an answer. The Batman always has an answer, and mm-hmm. I always, I always love that. Um, and they, they have changed this now, like recently. But the whole thing is like the Riddler for a long time didn't kill anyone, and that was a very right. huge thing for him because he wasn't a bad guy; he was a villain. And I think that's that's where the the. So the, what was the name of the actor who played the villain in sixties Batman? Guy does not mean he's bad guy. Yeah. Which which whether he played the Riddler? Yeah, in the sixties Batman. Frank Gorshin. Frank Gorshin. Yeah. Is the best depiction. Oh my Riddler. god. Oh yeah. He's yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. But he's exactly the Riddler from the it, comic. It's it's yeah. about proving that he's as smart or smarter than Batman than anything else. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about getting yeah. money, it's not about getting fame, it's about See, that, a chess, my, that chess my, game. My favorite Riddler moment is in the nineteen sixties Batman movie. Where they they've uh, uh, vaporized the UN. Yeah. The villains have made it. They're on Penguin submarine. They've escaped from Batman. They they're home free. They've done it, and they're celebrating. Hooray! We've done it. And then Riddler starts to sneak away, and Joker goes, "Riddler, where are you going?" He goes, "I have to send a message to say, you know, where we're going." He goes, "We're not gonna let you do that. You're gonna screw this up." He goes, "But I must. I must. Beating Batman is my only my only thing in life." And he gives yeah. this like two second monologue about how he cannot live with himself. It's a compulsion. He yeah. must let Batman know where they're going, and he, he, and must he ruins him, it. He must give him a riddle. Yes. yes, he is the downfall. He's why they lose. Yeah, no. they made it, and the Joker but, was about to lose his shit on the Riddler yeah, and like to but stop that's, him. But that's why. I love the Riddler because it isn't about winning for him. It's not about money. Yeah, no. But that's that's building is like that's why I love him more than anything. It's I, like, I, I wish they had made um, a very serious Christopher Nolan style oh my Batman God. movie. Neil with Patrick Fr- Harris. Dude, no, no, Actually, with, with <laughs> back in the '60s with Frank Gorshin. Oh my, no, oh, oh, no. Is, um, he is so amazing. And, and and my my favorite Riddler story. It um there's there's a Riddler story where a bunch of people die because of the Riddler, and then the Riddler becomes a private eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his his goal is to reclaim those lives that he's lost in saving people through being a private eye. Um, 
I can't imagine somebody the jo- would be oh. a better private eye. Oh my god, <laughs> the Riddler. No. By the way, he's amazing at it, and the Joker fucking shoots him. Oh. <laughs> and it's, and the whole thing is, it's one of my favorite Riddler stories, because he, he, the whole thing is, the Riddler's not about killing people, he's not about ruining people's lives. Not even he's a about bit. He's about being the Batman. Even in the that. Batman Forever movie, where Jim Carrey is just mm, doing his yeah. best Frank Gorshin, Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face has a gun to Bruce Wayne's unconscious head, is about to pull the trigger, and he goes, No! <laughs> Don't kill him. If you kill him, he won't learn nothing. And then he yeah. leaves a riddle, and then they leave. And like, dude, once again, that's your downfall. You could have. No, but the only thing is, I, I, but I that's love, why I love the him. point. Yeah. But yeah. if you look at Frank Gorshin, remember in Star Trek, "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield." Yes, yes. Amazing villain yeah. in just that one episode. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's so good. But yeah, I I, I totally Frank understand Gorshin. where you're coming from. What about you, uh, Max? Um, comic book villains. Comic book villain. I don't know much about comics or read, but I would have to say uh, <laughs> Zod. General oh. Zod. Because he's so relatable. Now, I think, when I think of General Zod, the only version that comes up in my head is Terrence Stamp. Yeah, yeah me that's too. The best From version. Superman 2. Yeah. Is that and the number one? one. He's in the first one. Yeah. Is he in the first one? That's where he, that's where, he, the first one is where he's like, I swear at your hell, you know, you'll be, he's like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. You will kneel before yeah. me. It was under you and your heirs. And then they show him in space jail. And uh, then he breaks out in part two. I think my, my, my favorite moment where I knew that General Zod was was an amazing villain in Superman 2. I know where you're going. It's my favorite <laughs> moment. My favorite moment. Is what is, is after he says the clever lines about the, the floor being. Oh, that, that's my favorite. That's, oh, yeah, okay. that's so, my so, favorite so, line. So this is Doug's favorite line. Is, is they, they break into the White House. And like they they they're flying and they they're in the Oval Office and somewhere in there the president and like all these chiefs of staff they're all in there cowering in front of him, and General Zod looks around after breaking in with no sweat he looks down at the floor and it's the seal of the president of the United with States the eagle. with the eagle and he says, I see your wor- your practice in worshiping things that fly, good. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, Which one of you is the president? The guy stands up. Uh, I'm the president. He goes all right. Kneel before Zod. The dude kneels and he goes, You're not the president. No one who leads so many would kneel so quickly. And then, and then the dude comes out of the back and goes, I- I'm the president, and I'll kneel before you if it'll save lives. He goes, it will, starting with your own. <laughs> and then he, then he kneels and he says, oh, God. He goes, not God, Zod. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't say that. He, he, just, he, just, he goes, oh, he goes, God. He goes, Zod. Yeah, just corrects him. You're right. He just, just corrects Zod. him and says, Zod. My favorite is the moment immediately after that where he's like, Superman will stop you. He goes, where is he? Who is this imbecile? Yeah. <laughs> Who is this imbecile? Where is he? Like, 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 like in defiance. He's just like Superman. He's, there's one, he says, "There's one man who will not kneel before you." Yeah, exactly. And he goes, "Where is he? Who is this imbecile?" And he goes, "Oh, I wish I knew." And then it cuts away. <laughs> and then it does the fucking press conference where he's like, "Today we're surre- The world surrenders." You know, to whatever. Superman, come he help heard, us! And then Zod grabs the microphone like a wrestler at a challenge. He's like, "Where are you? Come to me, Superman!" Kneel before Zod! And it's like that. And then, and then he goes, he goes, kneel before Zod! And then shakes and goes, Zod! <laughs> and then just the camera turns. That is why he's the best villain. Yeah. Because he is relatable. I think we've already <laughs> had this discussion. <laughs> I want to be him. I want to be him. Everyone yeah. wants to be him. If you come to a planet where you know no one and you, you have walk superpowers, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you walk in and take over? Or do you walk in and spend your life being a clumsy human because you hate humans? Said Superman forever? Yeah. I. I Ter- would be Terrence, Terrence Stamp's uh, depiction yeah. of Zod is better than any comic book version that I've read, at yeah. least. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, better, yeah. and better and better than the new Superman version as well. well. You know, that's all. I like. I actually, I like the new Superman version. I really did. The only Superman I like is a Red Sun, where he lands in Soviet yeah. Russia. Red Sun's good, but you know, that's my favorite version of Batman. 
That is a good version. I like um, Gotham by Gaslight I, too. I, I, as far as Superman goes, All Star Superman is my favorite. We could yeah. do a whole thing just about comics. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so I, well, another do, villain got... would probably maybe be um, Punisher Warzone. The Punisher. Yeah, the Punisher is yeah, a fucking he, villain. He's a villain. He's a great he's straight villain. up villain. No. Especially but in that, though. I think we need to we move okay, on. So I, I, I'm, I, I'm I sorry, guys. It's my turn to say who the comic villain is, and I know you're all expecting this. Doctor Doom. Doctor fucking Doom. Doctor Doom is my favorite comic book villain because he's correct. Even oh yeah, though, no. he, he's the bad guy, but he is—he's very Machiavellian. You know, he, he sort of he, should be running the world. Yeah, he should be. <laughs> it, well, he does. He, he's done it a couple times, <laughs> but but he, uh, he he in his mind the end justifies the means. Yes, but he is right. But at the same time, you don't really want him to be. But he's right, and and I always think back to that one page comic. In, in every version of Doom I've I, I've seen, I've loved. But there's a one page from a comic where uh, he's confronting one of his Doom bots, and he's walking around and, and inspecting each one of them. And there's a burn mark on one of their shoulders, and he's like, "You know, Doom bot number such and such. How did you incur this burn mark?" And it's like, "Oh, the human arcade uh, put out a cigar on the cape when he came here." He's like, "In what manner did you destroy this human for this insult upon the personage of Doom?" And he says, "I did not destroy him because I." Judge that you would need him in the near future. And he looks at the Doombot and goes, need? And then the Doombot starts to shake. And then the Doombot explodes. <laughs> and then he goes, Doom needs no one. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. Do, uh, Dr. Doom, not in film, only in comic books. Oh, yeah. Is the best villain, in my opinion, of all I, time. I, I will tell you my, my favorite. Um, and I, I didn't even read the book, but it was it's one of those things that was just on comic forums. Mm -hmm. The Purple Man is, is captured by him. He had betrayed him at some point in... And um, Doom's visage is in a blessed Tibetan armor mm -hmm. that makes him immune to a well, lot of things. And, and for those of you who are not familiar with Doctor Doom, he is a he is a genius scientist, magician. It, well, no, who also I think magician is an unfair word. I think the correct word is sorcerer. Yes, <laughs> yeah, because because he is he is magician a, does tricks. Right, he is he is a genius scientist in a world where magic is real. Yes, so naturally he he's into he it. Also yeah. combines that with with everything. It, it's science to him. So he has he has Tibetan armor that <clears throat> that blocks a lot of things. And uh, it's explained in the beginning of the story that the Purple Man doesn't work on him. He, he controls minds. Purple Man, yeah, is yeah. Mike Troll. He's, um, he's the villain in the new Jessica Jones television yes. show, and he's fantastic. And he's fantastic. Um, but he's the, best thing, he's the best thing about that show. And, yeah, it, yeah. and it doesn't work because he has this Tibetan armor, and the, and the Purple Man is, is captured by Doom, and Doom goes in front of him, and Doom takes his mask off and shows his bare eyes to the Purple Man, and the Purple Man goes, kill yourself, jump off a building, do all these terrible things, and then Doom just stares him down for two more panels before putting the mask on and walking away. And then the last panel is just the Purple Man crying. <laughs> and there is no more unbeatable will than the will of right. Doom. Also, uh, in the comic books, Doom fights his way out of hell to get to Thor's hammer that he cannot pick up, and then when he cannot pick it up, he goes like, uh, at least I'm out of hell. And let's also discuss the moment before he does that, before he sees Thor's hammer. Oh, no. He gets sent, he gets, he gets tunneled, basically the Fantastic Four are like, we can't even deal with this yes. guy anymore. <laughs> Open a portal to hell, drop Doom in, and demons start coming over the hills after him, and he's like, well, uh, like, Doom meets you as he meets all threats, unafraid. Come, demons, there's doom enough for, for all. all. So he fights them without sleeping, hand to hand, for like six days. <laughs> <laughs> and just fights them. And then Doom's hammer rips through, or sorry, uh, Thor's, sorry, hammer, Thor's yeah. hammer rips through. 
And he goes, oh, this must be a sign. I'm meant to wield it and follows it out of hell. And yeah, Dr. Doom is amazing. And he it's, also, uh, he's, he's amazing in a way that isn't a Mary Sue. Because, no. because he can be defeated. He's defeated all the time. But it's just his resolution that to makes him amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's amazing because he always believes in his own ability. And he's not usually wrong. <laughs> he's, he's usually 100% usually spot on. Baron Overbite, right? In oh, Baron, Baron Underbite. Underbite. Baron Underbite or yeah. Overbite? Underbite. Underbite. Mm-hmm. Is, Underbite. A, is a parody of Doctor yes. Doom. What about you, Doug? Well, um, I said my first one. But my uh, my second uh, comic book villain is, uh, I, I don't want to spoil, but I'll just say, if you haven't seen Watchmen and you haven't read Watchmen, read Watchmen, but the villain in Watchmen is probably my favorite villain. Yeah, spoil. Straight up spoiler warning. Spoiler. Yeah. Give, like skip ahead probably thirty to to a full minute, like thirty seconds to a full minute, yeah. because we're about to talk about maybe the villain longer because there's a beep. I can talk. I'll, about I'll just do it. <laughs> we all just gotta keep it real short. You're, you're, you're the person you're about to pick was my number two, yeah. and we talked about this outside. Yes, <laughs> he was my he's my number three now. I guess that's fine. All right, so spoiler warning. Now skip ahead. Skip ahead. Ozymandias uh, is amazing. Uh, because you think, when I was reading it, this is before the movie came out, reading it, I'm like, oh, this guy might be the villain, but then you're like, nah, he ain't the villain. And no, he's too, he's too, um... Foppish. No, I, w- I would say oblivious. Yeah. yeah, he's too much of in his own, he's in his own shit. Like, yeah, he's matter. got too much stuff going on. Yeah, but then the, the reveal of it, everything, the master plan, all of it, uh, amazing, um, they ruined it in the movie. No. <laughs> yeah, the moment you're introduced to him in the film, oh my God, you know he's the bad guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. No. You know yeah. it. They play the, bad music. He's he's lit in darkness. Yeah. yeah. But the the moment in the comic books where like they're like, oh, we're gonna stop you. And he's like, I did it thirty minutes ago. Yeah, it's already done. Yeah. You can't stop. Perfect. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Per- like su- such a perfect perfect villain in a villain wins. who wins. Yeah. 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 yeah that, I think that's the that's the <laughs> that's the thing about him that's most amazing is that he wins. Mm-hmm. Oh, he gets everything I mean, he wants. Yeah, absolutely everything. I mean, he's not happy. You wouldn't call him a happy person. Oh, like, no. He's not happy that he gets what he wants, but he set out for a goal and he accomplished it. Yeah, yeah. And it went exactly as he as he expected That's it like, to. That's um, like The Wanted, Mark Millar's original comic. Yeah. Where they're, everyone is a supervillain and they've just convinced people. Oh, yeah. That villains that don't villains. exist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like I, although I, I I will say I really love the villain in that one, Mister. Oh my Rickus. god! Yeah. Yes, he's and a great villain. Yeah, <clears throat> because he's not even really the bad guy. I mean, he is he is an evil man. Yeah, <laughs> who, right. who does evil things? But they're just like he's no worse like, than we, anyone we else. We wanted yeah. to rule the world, and all he wanted to do was carve your name on the moon. And he's like, I don't care. Fucking like like if you're gonna kill me, just fucking do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he's he's amazing. Um, but but that's a great villain as well. Yeah. But right. o- Ozymandias is the ultimate villain because he wins completely. What about V from V for Vendetta? Yeah. I wouldn't call him the villain. He's not the I villain. I think so. He's breaking all those rules. Yeah, breaking but the rules but, doesn't make you. But a the villain. rule, the rules were evil. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, the evil is, rules created. Is Martin him. Luther King Jr. a villain because he broke laws? Technically. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, no, fuck you. <laughs> no, no. The I don't streets think so. are clean. People had jobs. Gandhi. Oh, we got we to move on to our own. Gandhi is so. Don't even get me started on Gandhi. All right. All right. So, so, <laughs> so let's move on to our critique. Yes. Uh, we've got... Uh, <clears throat> We, we we each submitted I, some stuff here. This I week. really want you to be last because you have the the longest thing. Well, yeah. Well, I think Max will take the longest to discuss, but we're gonna start with Liam. Yes. Uh, what you submitted this week is a character study in um in the same immediate universe yes, as the it, of the first thing I wrote, and I, mm-hmm. I was I'm I'm trying to expand this idea into into a two thing, where like the first one is is a guy. Who, can't stop thinking about death and it's it's his um his own death yeah his own death and that's a way of calming himself and then he meets someone who is obsessed with death because that's her job she writes more than one murder mystery a week yeah like like roughly four every like no roughly five every month Mm -hmm. is is the whole thing one every six days yes um and that's that's (laughs) a real thing um and then she's immediately drawn to him because he has that fear in his eyes and i didn't do a great job of hiding the fact that she was a, a murder mystery writer. I, th- I think I could have drawn that out more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after I I hit that, I was like, oh, and she needs to go to the bank now for this to make sense in this chapter. She needs to, to, mm-hmm. to, to find him super mm-hmm. quickly. And I, I felt that was kind of rushed. But I think there are one or two solid jokes in there. But I, I don't know. It was. I think it was. This is the worst thing I've I've written for this podcast. So well, far. well, as a standalone piece, I don't think it's. I don't. I mean, I mean, it's it's fine, but it's not. It. I, I wouldn't think it's admissible as yeah. like its own short story. It's, it's not punchy enough <clears throat> as, as the the yeah. the first. What yeah. I was thinking, I would like that his piece to come first. Oh, I yeah. I want him to come then first. Her. But I would cut out the whole part where she explains how she's a mystery novelist. And then keep, until the very end. Well, keep that at the end. Yeah, as she sits down to write on her computer, the man in the worn navy. Yeah. Coat, uh, see, the whole thing is like I came up with it. Like the whole thing is the, the idea yeah. is to get to where she was a mystery. But she, maybe she's first. like she's gonna go find out her next victim. Yeah. Like, the next uh, way to I, kill. I could draw that out longer, and yeah. I, I just didn't know how to do it. Well, that that, yeah. that may have been why I was a little confused on what her deal was because the first thing you say is that it was her job to kill people. And then I thought, oh, she's like a maniac. An and, assassin. Yeah, like an assassin or something. That's and, the joke. Right. No, I, I get that now. But like while yeah. I, like the process of me reading it was like, okay, then she, she must be some kind of thing. Then as you go into it, I'm like, oh, she's a novelist. She, she gets yeah. paid to kill people, air quotes. Mm. She kills fictional people. Oh, I get that. That's funny. But then I bounce back again to... Wait, is she literally going out to look for a victim now, or is she looking for inspiration for the novel? And then it it, it ended on that note of where I'm yeah. like, dude, is she did she just give that guy his number so that she can lure him there and literally kill him, or is this like a weird date? And even when she sat down to type it, like I didn't I didn't 100 percent think that oh she's no she's just a novelist. I then thought, oh, then I, I, I thought is what Liam trying to say is that. 
She literally kills people <laughs> and then turns that into stories. <laughs> yes. That's no. what I walked away with. It really is like, I don't know which which idea is more interesting. Now. Yes. Um, well, well, I think I think what you've created is an excellent counter yeah. to the to the character you created in the in the first. Oh round. yeah, 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 yeah. If she's just a mystery novelist, this is the person to pair with that. Yeah, that definitely, definitely. Even um, then, but what if she is a serial killer who's just run out of ideas uh, and she keeps that's them what around? It sounded like that, that, the, the only thing is like I feel like her being a serial killer is that's too big of a coincidence. Well, one, but also that it it seems more boring in the long run. But just kidnapping him and using him as an idea generator. Oh like, my god. How that, else would no, you yeah, that is great. Yeah. That is that is how that else is would awesome. you kill someone? Oh okay. Let me yeah. go do that. I, I, I feel like I feel like that has that has <laughs> yeah. legs. But I, I almost don't even want to, to kidnap him. He's just like they like she just becomes his confidant to mine him for information. Yeah, no, that, that is great. Well, let's like, let's talk about that for a, for a second. What kind of story could you see making with these two? Because I, I, I well, well, let's well, I mean, let can, do, do you mind if we workshop? Yeah, that a no, bit? please. Okay, cause, because because uh, th- that's why I'm here. Because I, I think I, I I speak for all of us here when I say that I would be interested in reading that story. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, so so, do you think that would be a short story, a novel? Um, um, I think I think a full novel on this single idea is too much currently. A novella, uh, then. But the well, the idea that like maybe they would stumble upon an actual murder, mm-hmm. and she'd be really interested in it, and he would be terrified of it. Would could, again could be interesting, um, and the idea that her last name is Holmes is not an accident. I changed everything, Sarah Holmes instead of mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I got confused on that because I thought with H.H. Holmes, I thought you were insinuating that she <laughs> yeah, was no. a serial killer. Right, right. The only thing, thing is, that's also not an accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, the ambiguous nature, I, but the only thing is, I feel like, especially with her, I need to draw that out till the end of that chapter. I can see it because if you if you can make me think. But the whole thing is like I, I yeah. came to the idea where like she is like she's not a serial killer. She's a, a novelist. I came to that idea first, and then I was like, "Oh shit, she needs to meet this guy." Yeah, right. well, and that came after. My well, idea would be, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say the the idea that these two would meet is is compelling. Yes, yeah. but the, it needs a context, and the context would be some some greater kind of story that they get themselves involved yes. in. Like like if you, I, the the first novel that's coming to mind is like, uh, what's the Chuck Pal- Palahniuk novel where they they find the grimoire? Um, and he I don't know. kills yeah, people with his mind. Okay, well, anyway, um, it, it's the idea is you get two interesting characters who are on opposite sides of the coin, like, d- distinctly, yeah. and then they, they, they basically go on an adventure, and it has a point by the end. Yeah. So what you need... I need a point. You need a goal. My idea for you would be they would... She would drag him into an adventure and then get in overhead. But he is a superhero because of that Buddhist idea he yeah. has. It was very jaded. He thinks enough of death to where he eventually reaches the point where he's not scared anymore. Then all of a sudden he's a goddamn superhero because he's not afraid of dying because he's just died ten and, million times. Well, could they could they solve murders? Well, she would. Yeah, well, no, you, they, you guys they, are going way further than I imagined. They it. totally yeah. did solve what, 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 what did you imagine? I, yeah. I thought I thought the most for me personally the most natural direction that I'd be interested in is she invites him over for a pseudo date because all she wants to do is pick his brain because he looks like a very fearful guy. Literally. He starts talking about how he copes with his fear, which is about imagining death, and she goes. I in her head she's thinking I I'm having a hard time imagining death. This Let guy's me, a gold mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's a gold mine, and it becomes this abusive relationship where 
she sort of leads him on, and he thinks that, oh my gosh, I actually have a chance with this girl yeah. that I had crushed on from afar. And, and he, he falls in love and is like legitimately like, oh my gosh, this girl's great, and I, I, I can stop thinking about death around her because she makes me feel good inside and all that stuff. And she's just like, I want more of the shit, you know, give me more <laughs> of the whatever. And it just, maybe she sells like a, like she hits a home run with a novel, and he reads it and is like, I told you about this. Yeah. Like, and then he starts to realize that all this stuff he's giving her, she's and using And then he him. kills her. But would Liam write about, about heartbreak? Her. I don't see him writing about unrequited <laughs> but, love. But but but, no, but, no. but the natural director of that is like he suddenly ha- like you know he's he feels used and then yeah. it's a, more of a human relationship I, story. But, but the only thing is I don't I don't think Eric one it, as soon as he feels used he'd be gone in a second because yeah. he doesn't need anything. That's kind of his. But that whole, that's a good ending for deal. a short story. Um, I I think um I think the idea that there would be a third. Thing. Right, I think coming up with an idea of all the different things that would be compelling about these characters, which I think admittedly would be a mm-hmm. lot of different plot points, like we're, we're, we're a lot of different concepts where you could take these characters where they would be interesting together, like uh, somebody who has to go into terrorist yeah. uh, sites and discern what happened or or – you have to solve, solve a also, real murder right, mystery. Well, I don't, I don't we don't know be, what Eric does for a living. Yeah. I, I, I don't thing. think I would think it'd be hilarious if he was like a SWAT team member. <laughs> where he had to think of all these things before he could go in. See, that's the thing. I don't think he'd be good at like an actual murder scene because if he has to imagine himself dying six different ways to look at a pretty girl, <laughs> I can't see him even being able to handle a dead body. Like he'd have to leave. Really? I yeah. feel I feel the it opposite. It feels like the movie Manhunter a little yeah. bit. But yeah. I feel I feel the opposite where he'd see a, he'd see a dead body and be like that makes sense now. Where like like live people don't make sense to him. Dead people totally do. Mm-hmm. I, I would like to hear. I can see that. I, it, can you give that a week of thought? I and I, and, I, and, and bring I, it back I, to I us. These two characters. These two characters put together are really are interesting. interesting when, and that's when, why I wrote once this thing. once you've cemented that she's not a serial killer in this conversation, because yes. I'm like, if she's a killer, I, I don't like. I don't right. know. But now that you're the, saying this, well, the yeah. thing is that then then that's the biggest complaint, and I almost feel like I need to hide that. In this, essentially, what's now going to be a chapter. It's a better reveal, like if, at because, the end. Yeah. Well, um, okay, but so I we don't we, know how to do that. We yet. talked about um, a lot this podcast about what makes a good villain. Yes. Could you imagine? Could you take time to imagine a villain that would be perfect for these people to come up against? Oh God, that's gonna be hard. All right, I'll do it. I, I think that would be if there's a third party. Involved that these people have to recognize because they yeah. are the, they're the only people who spend enough time thinking about it to actually recognize that a villain even exists. That there might be a good story there, and 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 these characters are compelling. Yeah. But outside of a story, there's nothing to do with them. Yeah. On a side note, I think the best villain for them to come up against would be someone who murders with no thought, because they put so oh, no, much thought no, into no, murder. No, the thing is, I, I would almost say the opposite. It'd be it would be someone who murders and then ma- always makes it look well, like yeah, an yeah, accident. Yeah. And then and then she'd be like. This is an accident. Here's a thousand reasons why it wouldn't be an accident. You'd be mm-hmm. like, I agree with you because I've imagined this death but that's perfectly who those, a thousand times. That's who those two are built for. Yeah. yeah. I think if that, they met someone who was just murdered because he felt like it and went away with it, they would just be like, No. It's, yeah. I guess it's just me, but I feel like any idea of it's like you already have two really interesting characters. Yes. Saying, how do we make this more interesting by having an actual murder? I feel like that's unnecessary because to me personally, these two characters talking is going to be more interesting than them trying to solve a murder. Well, I'm trying to think. But like, I like what the idea if, of them solving a murder because then they have to talk a what, lot. That's, what? that's fine. But, but, the, but the, that's why I thought the idea of her leading him on intentionally, making him think that she likes him. The, the only is, reason that doesn't work for me is that 
um, as, as someone as self-deprecating as, and, and as weirdly mm-hmm. aware of his own mortality, as soon as she started to ghost him or, or um, right. gaslight him is, is the mm-hmm. term, uh, he would immediately be like, I'm done with you. Right. right. I can see, like, yeah, I get that, yeah. Well, what he would if, be, what, he would what be if overly insecure about What if that. she knows she needs help? You yeah, know, like that, or that, even that's admit, all. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that there's, I think there's a bunch of places you can go with this character, yeah. with these two characters working together I, is really interesting. I, but I really don't want him to be the victim because I feel like he's already a victim of mm-hmm. himself. It could be she could be frank from the beginning, just be like, yeah. hey, uh, you know, like maybe she does start to just talk to him because she wants to pick his brain for inspiration for the novel. But then once he reveals that he thinks about this stuff all the time, she's like, wait, fuck all that shit. What did you just say? What's like, your, you know, what's like your real you shit? and me, we're working together on this, and then they can just legitimately yeah. go from there. I w- I would love to see all the different ways that you think this could go. Yeah. Um, right. <clears throat> and I, I feel like uh, if, if you were to, like, for instance, if you were to say, here's this, give it to you, yeah. I would I would, I would would have like 12 different ways this could right, go. Right. I'd be interested to find out what you think is the most interesting. Mm-hmm. I, mm, I'll do that. Okay. All right. All right. Douglas, uh, tell us what you brought in this week. Uh, another outline for Legends of Sleepy Hollow. Um, I added a which bit is more a, detail. Which is a screenplay. Yes, which is a screenplay. Um, I guess anyone who's listening for the first time and not know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, um, uh, it's a screenplay for a feature film, um, which is a retelling of the original Sleepy Hollow uh, novel, and um, it just tries to stay 100% accurate to that, but then that's just the first act of the movie. The rest of the movie is an investigation into what happens afterwards. And um, what I brought in this week is an, is an outline that sort of has more detail about each of the characters and it has more detail about what I think the third act would be and stuff that leads into it. Um, I still am having a problem thinking about how the heck they get out of the woods and like how they actually get away in the end. Um, but I do have more ideas about what happens leading up to it, more ideas about what the investigation is like. Um, I, I just, I'm, I sort of feel like I'm, feel thought, like I'm beating my head against the wall. I thought what you brought right. in your third act solved that problem. Because yeah. of Ichabod giving himself to the woods and the horsemen. That's the that's the end. But yeah, like, yeah. But how do they even get to that um, point is like, I don't know what, what happens. Oh, okay. But I don't know. Before before we even discuss that, I like the fact that, um, and, I, and I feel like it was the yeah. influence of this group. You're like, Braun suspects Ichabod for the beginning of the second act. Oh, yeah. And I love. Oh, he that. totally does. Yeah. He has to. Oh my to. god! Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, to me, yeah. that's that's so interesting because it's the synthesis of that idea that um, you're like, oh, I mean, it wouldn't be great if Ichabod was the killer, and then you're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then you used the idea of that to segue into your the, well, the full he, yeah, part of your second yeah. act. And the whole thing is like, I love that. Well, even the intention more than the idea of that we were like, he yeah. should be the killer. The, like, the, the no. intention was always that he didn't know who's killing, who, who's doing these murders. He doesn't know who to suspect, but he always eventually was supposed to suspect Ichabod because he's the, he's the new it, element, yeah, right? He's the only it, like when he starts, it's like, well, it clearly mm-hmm. wasn't the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. You know, then the only person left who's not here and I can't talk to is Ichabod. He's out in the woods. We can't find him. He has to be the killer. He's the only. He, he definitely has. Uh, a motive to get revenge on me because people I know are dying because he knows I he knows I'm the one who scared him away like it makes perfect sense and now no one believes him yeah that that Ichabod how could he he's such a nice guy so yeah. it's like for the first whole half of the movie he's convinced that that's who it is and he's trying to you know hunt him okay. down but then, I, of course you know I, I, I feel like um, when we talked about originally is that. Uh, Ichabod is very superstitious and he yes. knows the rules for all these horrible he does evil yeah. things. Yeah. 
and the fact that Brom is a very practical man who spent a lot of time in the woods and was tracking. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a the really decent way for the two of them to actually combine their skills and work together to yeah. solve this problem. Yeah. I just don't get know, out of the woods. I just don't know what that is. I mean, well, it, the, 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 the simple answer is that, well, Ichabod's like, all right, we got to make a circle of salt and we got to do this. I'm like, no, but that's no, not no. exciting. Well, like, right. Yeah. yeah. I, but again, but the, again, well, the, and the big those, thing that is in the Sleepy Holler story, though, is running water. Right. Mm -hmm. That's Running why they're safe in the cave. The big one. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I think I think um uh what 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 we may be ignoring here is that Doug, you make the rules for all the supernatural right. in the story. Right. So so if you find a way that um if you can look up a bunch of stuff about tracking and what's important and then make up rules for how Ichabod superstitions can play into those things. Like, right. yes, what you're doing, Brahm, is good, but then add this extra step because yeah. I, you know, of superstition. See, yeah. I had these I ideas of like how, uh, like this Where, image of them trying to get out of the woods together. It almost looks like, like coincidentally enough, it, it the picture in my head of them trying to get out of the woods looks a lot like the trailer for the Revenant. You know, right. like where it's yeah. just really desperate. Like I they don't, don't know think where that's they're a bad going. Thing. No, and that's fine. But but it just I don't want it to sound like oh I saw the trailer then I thought of this. This was an idea from like two thousand six. Yeah. But like um, I don't think that's gonna be a problem. But um uh. Iron. But I don't know how to make that exciting because I have I've sort of painted them into this corner. Literally, they're painted in they're, they're put into this cave where they can't leave because of running water. If they cross, they, they get out, they get out of the cave. Horseman's there; he's going to kill them. And they're just waiting there for so long. They have to get out somehow. How are they going to get out where it's not just one or the other? You know, like being the thing. Like if Ichabod knows about superstitious stuff, well, how come he's not safe from the horseman to get out by himself? And if it if it needs tracking, they just need to get get to running water fast enough. Why can't it, why can't Brom just get them to there fast enough without worrying about what the horseman's doing? Okay. Well, then, well, then, I, you, yeah. then the whole thing is you need Ichabod to slow the horseman down, right? But how do you, how do you stretch that into thirty minutes or twenty well, minutes of a third act? I, I think it can be even less than that, to be perfectly honest. Oh yeah, but, but no, I mean, you I, could have a you could have a bolt of an end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Supernatural is counted by iron and cold I think, iron. Yeah, cold iron. Ichabod would know that and not have it. Brom would not know that and probably have it on him. Could, yeah, yeah. And the two together, bring it together, Ichabod would be like, oh, God, you have that. What do you That's have? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that would I guess, I guess back. More, more specifically, I don't know what the climax is. Like, clearly there's going to be a rush for them to get to running water mm -hmm. and to get out of the woods. Um, I don't know how, like, what is their, is their plan just simply run for it because that doesn't sound interesting to me it's better for them to have a plan really? again this is this is where the emphasis run for it sounds fun it Could sounds they? fun but not but doesn't sound smart it just sounds like a like like oh you know what let's just run for it and it's like well why didn't they do that earlier like why do they have to wait till now if there's a revelation where they say oh you know what there's a chance we can make it if we do xyz now is it more interesting because brahm is clearly the main character yes. of your story uh, is it more interesting that Ichabod imparts a lot of knowledge to him, but Brom is the one who's resourceful enough to realize what to do with it? That, yeah. Because, because if Brom could come up with a solution for these things based on the knowledge that Ichabod imparts, mm -hmm. then I think now we've got a main character who acts. Yeah. 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 I, again, you know? there would be one thing where like Ichabod is, is locked in this cave. He has no idea where the plus is running water. Yeah, he has no idea. Right. And, and then Brom is like, he's like, he's like, he's like, like we need cold is, iron. It is and, and, 45 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. It is 40. Like, in this can, direction, we can. Can we run for And they don't have a horse. They, if they, you know, but. But I'm not saying the cold iron thing is interesting, but if yeah. but if he's like we need oh, cold thanks, iron and Brahm is like I have let me check my bag, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But Brahm is like you've got cold iron on you. Yeah, like yeah. what are you talking about? And he's like I do, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Brahm is like we got all this and this and this. Like what are you talking about? Even like um, Brahm would have the force of will to wake up out of the hallucinations. Yeah, where Ichabod, Ichabod would not. not. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I, I I can't remember the 
character's name, but from uh, Treasure Island, the guy who's stuck on the island was a as a maroon yeah. there has kind of lost mm-hmm. his mind. That's kind of like where Ichabod is at that at yeah. that point in the story where he doesn't he's not a he's not self aware of reality enough to where he could get out of there. He would never get out of there. He well, would, even he would that die there. he is so superstitious that he yeah gives more power to the hallucinations than Brom would. Yeah. So Brom is slowly able to break out of them. Yeah, and he hasn't and, been there for as long as Ichabod is either. But yeah. like, but I that's think, why one of the, one of the influences on my list was uh, the end of Predator. Mm-hmm. Not because I want it to be a, a one-on-one I think, I th- fight. No, I think yeah. that's a great that's a great direction. To go. Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like with Predator, it's a one-on-one fight with this mm-hmm. monster. I don't want them to fight the monster. They have they have no hope against this. Well, thing. the problem solving of him like finding the mud and covering himself with the mud. The, pro- yeah, the traps, problem solving like, is the thing. That's, that's the direction that's, I want to I, go. I, I think yeah. you're absolutely on target with that. I, I think that's I just, a really. I just good... got to figure out what that is. That's why yeah. I have like, practical traps? Question mark. Magical traps? Question mark. Like if Brahm is like, well, maybe we can at least slow him down. He's a tank. Maybe I can at least slow him down if I dig a trench here and mm-hmm. set up a thing here, or, like a or trip or, trip or a snare. Horse. Yeah, or trip the horse. Oh, the and then Ichabod's like, I'll pour right. the salt here and I'll put the cold iron here. This, and if we just slow weird, him down. But the idea of the headless horseman sans horse. Oh, yeah. On the, on the last track. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Ichabod knows the sounds, rules and what yeah, that would fun. mean, I think that's, I think that's where, really where good. Where the idea where like, he's like, Brahm is like, we can trip the horse. And then he's like, if he tri- we trip the horse, are we fine? Or and just or, well, like, I think the big question us. is, yeah, if we trip the horse, uh, wouldn't he just magically show up again because it's a fucking ghost? You know, it's like it's. Well, a that's ghost the thing horse. where the cold iron could come in. That would stop it from coming back. Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And the the, um, the other thing is, I'll tell you real quick, is that because I'll tell you, uh, uh, two people being chased by a horse would be interesting for a little bit until the horse would catch up with them. Right. Yeah. On short distances. Right. But yeah. the idea of removing the horse from the headless horseman. Mm-hmm. I think is an interesting Then they go, you know what? That, that's an angle where he's just like, you know what? If we can get him off the horse, we have a chance. We have a, ch- yeah. we have a shot. Yeah. As long as as long as long Ichabod who knows that. Yes. Well, yeah. I, I, think there's, I think there's a lot of really fun stuff to play with in there. And if you think of the end of Predator, I think that's absolutely the tone you should go for. The, um, the one thing I'll say real quick is that uh, the original ending that I had back in like 2006 or 2007 was that um, – that was not the end of the story. They do get out of the woods, but it wasn't like a big puzzle thing. They just mm-hmm. sort of they just sort of escape. They both get back to Sleepy Hollow and they're like, Oh my gosh, we made it and we're alive and you know, and now everything's fine. And then like it flash forwards like a month later in uh where because like it was in the fall and now mm-hmm. it's like December, then you see the river freeze over. And then it's uh, ice, and then you cut to like they're having a Christmas party instead of a beginning Halloween, and at the end it's a Christmas party. Then you just see the horsemen cross the ice, and they're like, "Everyone get out!" You know, and then they have to like burn down the Van Tassel mansion, trying to burn the horsemen inside it and stuff like that. And then they escape out onto the ice. With they watch the Van Tassel mansion burn to the ground, and then they're like, "Oh man, maybe we got him!" And then of course he comes out of the fire, and then they have they have to he chases them across the river. I like to they see. then crack. They have to crack the ice. They're cracking the ice on the river where you think, "Oh my God, they could both die falling into the." ice then they get the horsemen to fall into the ice and they're like oh finally over then it pulls a terminator where it just boom out of the ice again they start fighting but then i think then, I think like that. then enough think of the ice breaks where the river moves because it has to be flowing water right and then, then that i think that's i think that's a great idea to explore i think that when you started talking it sounded like an after credit scene right like to, to to scare the audience but i think that might be your third act that's the thing that was the third act but i'm like but now it's just an action movie like i wanted yeah. it to be really i like the idea of the the river freezing and then I you also, just hear hoof yeah like that's scary but like, like at the wedding and you see the river freezing. Also, right but the also whole sequels. tone that i wanted for it was this psychological horror whereas that just turns it into a slugfest with a monster well, that, well do, no, do, cut you think, the do you think do you just think have the good, frozen river yeah do you think there's a good way to to end it where they 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 find themselves safe from it and then you cut to them like celebrating and then the river's frozen and then one of them out 
one of them's out there and like glad we made it out of there now that the uh you know now that the river's frozen we're we're, we're safe free and then you hear hoofbeats on yeah. the on the ice and then you're done the the story's over yeah it could be but the um but then i have ichabod and brahm still in sleepy hollow existing like happily but then it's like oh well, there could be a the, the horseman still out there but if but then i just then the idea was that when they when when he broke through the ice uh, in the, the original ending, he breaks through the ice. He comes back up, like, "Oh my god, he's still fucking alive!" And then more ice breaks, more ice breaks, and then the river starts to flow. But then it's just Ichabod, Brom, and the Horseman on one bank, and then Katrina, and then the whole family on the other end. And it's coming for Brom. It's coming for both of them. And you're like, "What do we do?" That's when Ichabod is like, "Fuck it, you helped me out of the woods. I'm gonna save you." Horseman, come after me. He runs into the woods. The Horseman chases after him. That's the end. And that's why that ties into the original story, where we don't know if Ichabod made it rumors mm-hmm. that he made it you know whatever so in a way it's like it's this whole other big adventure that still ends with the ending of the book which is why i tacked that uh, paragraph at the end of my outline because that is the original ending of the book where that's according to the story happily ever after 20 years later that's exactly how people how people in the in the town would recall hearing that story i think there's a lot of good decisions you can make in there yeah yeah <clears throat> i just that my worry is i don't want to go action monster ending and i just want it to be supernatural scary but that's that's my. Problem. I like the supernatural scary ending. No mm. fight. No. Yeah. 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 Well, Max, let's talk about what you, what you brought in. All right, I brought in the beginning dump of a story I'm working on, based in the um, Empire of Witterland, which is a northern mountainous empire that is in the past hundred years extended and taken over southern lands that are so different from everything that they know for context the, yeah. this this it, it, it's a it's a world building exercise almost um where it's almost uh yes i'm getting down the world while writing just writing down characters and world as i go the basis of it is no deed or valor or battle matters if it wasn't written down by a scribe from the guild the okay interesting so, i did not get i didn't that. get that yeah, at all yeah, i know and i'm i'm trying to get I'm, this is just a... You're working through it. Yeah. A basic dump of getting the world down of where it happens. Haver Town, the Haver River. Mm-hmm. And I liked the town yeah. a lot. Yeah, I didn't there was a issue. lot yeah, of... It, 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 work on the it, seems, town. it seems to me uh, what, what you did is basically a brain dump, like an yes. all-at-once no, brain really, dump yeah. on, a, on a setting that you wanted, and you, you put a lot of effort into the, the tone... So you created like little little interactions yeah. with people, so you get the tone right. Yes. But it feels almost like Game of Thrones esque, where you where you try to set up uh, several areas and who's conquesting and who has money and who doesn't, and who's important. And yeah, mm-hmm. is that is that an accurate assessment? I, I guess you could say I hadn't read Game of Thrones when I wrote this. Well, sorry, the Song of Ice and Fire. Song of Ice and Fire. Yes, I was many years away from reading that when I started this story. It's more. I haven't. This is just what I have so far. This, I'm writing in pieces. But I do want to set up the guild of, I think that is the more interesting idea of this guy who wants to be in the guild, writing a scribe because it's so much adventure, mm-hmm. and then war has just stopped. The wars are done, and he's stuck being an and accountant. He's going, is he going to orchestrate one? He's not going to orchestrate one, but now knights go on, they go south mm-hmm. to go on adventures, to go into the jungle to fight beasts and monsters that they've only heard of in myth and legend. And they need a scribe because it doesn't matter if you kill a dragon or whatever. If, if the scribe no. wasn't there to write it down, it didn't happen. 
and this guy whose sole ambition is to be a scribe. You really need to punch that harder than. Well, no, I, no, I, I haven't <clears> even started that. <throat> yeah, this, this is all. This all felt well, like world building to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Really, um, yeah. So, so what format do you would you eventually want this to take? A novel format, short story? I'd say more of a novel. Definitely okay. going to fill it out. Then your scribe needs to be your main character for one. Yeah, he is. Um, I just haven't written him. I was going to say. Yeah. Didn't get that from what we read. Yeah. The, no, the world seems interesting because oh, yeah. I mean it's very it's very similar to you know uh, uh, medieval fantasy yeah. that we're used to, but but on a much more reduced magical level. Similar, like I said, yeah. to a Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. No magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so is there no magic in this in this setting? No magic. Okay. So so dragons and stuff like that are just there's beasts. magic, but in the sense of like Shit, we magical creature. Not or, magical creatures, but like if we all went to the Philippines and saw like something we wouldn't know about it, we'd be like, "Oh, that could be magic," you know, like a fire dance or something. Okay, it's gonna be just something we don't know about because we're from a different culture. So it's a medieval fantasy, yes, uh, without magic. Mm-hmm. Um, now, without magic in the sense of magic actually existing, there will be magic. In they just think there's magic. Belief there's, systems yeah, of magic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so your main character is a scribe. Yeah, well, he wants to be. So okay, so is he is, is his job to partner up with somebody who's about to go on an adventure? Yes, he's going to be going with the prince. Okay, because the prince is going to get to he's going drinking with his friends. Yes, and he's there, and he decides he wants to go on this great adventure. So he goes to the guild hall, and he's like, "Hey, give me a scribe." And they're like, "Uh, we sent all the scribes out last month in the adventure season. You're a month late. There's no one here." He's like, "I'm the prince. Give me a scribe." Like we don't have anyone. He goes, "That guy." They're like, oh, no, he's not a scribe. He's like, he is now. <laughs> so that's your main character. That's our main character. Okay. Yes. He's been applying to be a scribe. He went to college. He isn't being accepted for the scribe. Just why? I haven't decided yet. That's so, important. So you, t- yeah. you talked a bit about the prince, and I thought he was yes. interesting. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, am, I would be interested in a story told from that perspective of the guy who's supposed to follow around this asshole. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to I was going to say um just when I got interested in the scribe character, you switched. Like you went yeah. you No, went, I, I you originally know. wrote the story of the prince and then I decided to put the scribe in first cuz the scribe uh, was going to come after. Okay. So I wrote a little. This was just something I scrambled today to put together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would definitely yeah. like No, the scribe is the main yeah. character. He's going to be the focus. Um, I, I, w- I would recommend that when you I would say don't even mention the prince. Just do the yes. whole thing of the scribe. He goes in. He says, okay, I want to maybe I would even say, say I want to be a scribe. And they say you can't do that. You missed your chance. You're going to be a librarian or whatever instead. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh shucks. Then the prince shows up and your scribe is seeing him for the first time as he arrives and like you're seeing it from his perspective and the prince is getting all pissed off and yeah. is like, I want a scribe. And they're like, there are no scribes here. And then he's like, that guy's my scribe. And then your hero is now like, oh fuck! Like you know, like yeah. I thought I wanted it, but now that it's being thrown upon me, I, mm-hmm. I like. Then they're well, like, it's going to be the eventual end. Yeah, this and level. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. going to go through the adventures and do all the thing, and get out. And everyone's going to be like, you're the best scribe. We want to hire you. And he's like, fuck you. I'm an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Never want to do that shit again. <laughs> If that's the direction you're going, I think yeah. that's really that's really yeah. fun. Yeah. I would definitely say that. Yeah, the, when you're introducing any more people, do it don't, from the scribe's point yeah. of view, yeah. and don't don't split your focus. And if you wanted to give more character about how the prince even arrived, mm-hmm. have him tell have him yeah. tell a grand story mm-hmm. as he approaches. Like we we crossed on this ferry and we yeah. drank and had a to, yeah to where to where yeah. your scribe would be going. Oh man. They went on an adventure just to get here. Like I would wish yeah. I was there to document that. Yeah, this like, really is. This is my world building for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm writing. I based this off. I was watching some rain move through a puddle, and there was a puddle, and then a river and a puddle, and I thought of interesting 
how to go from one puddle to the other puddle, like a river. And that gave me the idea of Havertown from the Proclaimer song. You know, you completely then. lost me. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. a puddle going into a puddle to a river. There was a puddle, and then more water would run down into another puddle. Mm-hmm. And that reminded me of a river, like two lakes with a river. And mm-hmm. then if there were cities, what kind of trade would they have? Who would go from one to the other? Oh, so just just the idea of like, where would that river go? Yeah. And, oh, it, it would go to this place. It was flowing south, and the south would be the jungle, and there would be tigers and beasts there that people from the north would have never seen. They would think they're courageous monsters that they need to go destroy. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. I, I think uh, if this is going to be a novel, I would, I would, I mean, I know you're yeah. not, you're really not keen on outlines, but I would like to see kind of a bare bones, I like, like plot of where this would go. Uh, because I, I feel like there's a lot of really good places you could go with this, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I don't really even know what to critique to be perfectly yeah. honest. No, I'm, I'm definitely mm-hmm. interested in the character of the scribe, the guy who says, I want to, yeah. it's an interesting thing to say. Yeah. Most of like, I want to go on an adventure. He's like, I want to document the adventure. Like yeah. where you mm-hmm. don't have to be like firsthand stabby stabby, but yet mm-hmm. you were there. Like a Werner Herzog. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like there's something really cool about that, that yeah. I definitely want to read more about. Okay, cool. <clears throat> Uh, like as that. as for me, what I brought in this week was Oof. just a sorry everybody. Um, you guys are seeing the bare bones skeleton of of what that is, it, that is of not my bare, process. That is not bare bones. Well, yeah, I wouldn't call it bare bones. <laughs> We're not but, all bare bones, but, but, but I enjoyed it. Rather, you guys are seeing my process laid bare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so uh, you're getting the outline, and what I have right now is a very rudimentary outline for me. Um, it's probably more than a lot of you do <laughs> for outlining, but but I'm nowhere close to where I'm. Where I'm done with the outline to where I'm ready oh, to write. Yeah. I, I got a much better <clears throat> sense of pacing from it mm-hmm. than from the other outlines you yeah. did, yeah. and it made me. I really got. I really dug into it. Like as 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 we were before we were about to begin, I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh shit. All right. Like I don't know why, but it really set a pace that I felt yeah. like I could see it happening. Okay. I was more mystified because oh. that is not how I write. No, I yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you completely. That's not how I write. I don't even all. know what's gonna happen. That's crazy. I'm like, I'm yeah. re- I'm like, I'm seeing the story happen in front of me. Like this is basically the entire story. Like I'm, I feel like I've read like a book yeah. already. You've also, you also written with me before. I guess, like, but, so. I, but 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 I I naturally have like a similar outline style. Right. But like I don't know. But for me, it made total sense, and I I was I was yeah. entertained. Although by it. Uh, my 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 whole big thing about it is the um, the earlier it is. There are a couple of areas where you have like more bullet points than oh, others. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh man, that stuff I fell into immediately. But the other stuff where it was like more vague, I was passing over it. And I was like, okay, okay. will this no, feel this way? Will like 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 it was it was so broad I couldn't latch onto it. But as soon as you had sub bullet points, I was like, oh, here's the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, man. no, and and you're right. I mean, that's that's essentially the case. Yeah, like the as it goes on, and I'm I'm, I'm not done turning in outlines yeah uh as it goes on you're going to see more and more uh <laughs> more? Being out. how because do you do it like how do you outline like that like basically any thought i have about what i want to write i just make a bullet point and then that thoughts placement in time goes either before or after the other bullet points that are there and <clears throat> the wow. deeper i want to get into something where it's the same point like basically if i if i make a if I have a bullet point that's an idea I want to get across and it's supposed to get to get across in in the moment where it's introduced, I need to go into detail with that and I'll create sub bullet points and sub bullet points of that. Um, and then and then I'll I'll kind of zoom out. It's basically uh, continually zooming in and zooming out 
that is portion. Crazy. For me, I just sit down prose. Like if I have an idea, yeah. but you, then I write a couple pages. That's of prose all French to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but that's but you have a separate document for your world building. So when you're making yes. your outline, you don't do your world building on the outline because that shit's already done. Correct. So that's I mean yeah. I guess from reading the world building thing from last week and then going to the outline, it made sense to me because like mm-hmm. it was easier to connect the dots. Whereas mm-hmm. if I read the outline first, I might be like. Oh the fuck! That guy's an animal. I thought he was a human. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't right. have known. You know, right, right. you know, Will yeah. are exactly. So, but the only thing is, like, I do that with prose too. Uh, I, I, I have one vague character biographies, and then two rules of the world. Where like, uh, heroism, heroism is either like reward, like even if, or the concept of luck or gods. You know how luck and gods work in that world mm-hmm. before you start writing it. Um, but yeah, no, that outline is fucking crazy. <laughs> it's funny because I, 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 from my perspective, it's very straightforward. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. To me, that's insane. Now, is it insane because of its content or because of just the idea that oh, you no, wouldn't no, do that it? No, that detailed. No, yeah, no, the content works fine. And the whole thing is I, I see where you have the skeleton of an entire story. That is not how I make a skeleton of a story. <laughs> it's kind of like in the least. opening a physics book as opposed to opening like a literature book. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it, it yeah. should. It I should think basically... just coming from the different world of being like, oh, that's how you're right. It's not worse than you. It's probably a lot better because you. Oh yeah. You get way more done than I do. It. It may <laughs> but be. It's just so different to me that I'm just like. I was only intimidated by the length at first, but then as I started reading oh, it, yeah. I just got yeah. pulled into it and but like it made me. When when was the last time that you read what? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody picked up on that. What? I was only intimidated by the length. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> oh, uh, we're talking. We're talking literary here, oh, man. Okay, sorry. We're talking literature. <laughs> um, have you read, or when was the last time you read John Carter, Princess of Mars? Oh, I read it when I was a kid. I was probably ten years old. Okay, a couple months ago. Because I read Princess of Mars like earlier this year. <laughs> okay. And for the, it was the first time. Oh, this okay. this first made time. me think of Princess of Mars in a good big way. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. Because yeah, because I I am having a hard time describing it because I want the first. Okay, so yeah. the primer here. I I I'd planned for this to be four. The books. movie primer, right? <laughs> I planned for this to be four books, and the first book should feel kind of like fish out of water, almost John yeah. Carter, Princess of Mars. Yeah, I would like the next book to feel pure sword and sorcery, right? As in Conan. Um, I I think, and then and I don't want to give away what the next two are, are right. like, but, but, I, but I, I think it I think it would help obviously. I I think it would help if you reread or listened to Princess of Mars, not because mm-hmm. it's like oh you got to make it different or whatever, but just because it's like. Totally, it's, that's to me, it's, to it's that kind of grand adventure, yeah. different world, mm-hmm. learning the language, like being fully immersed, learning to fight, learning to like relearning all these things, um, and the relationships that he forms there, and then magically it's woof, it's gone again, and it's I, I just, I think it's different enough that unless people were like really trying to criticize it, that it would be close to that. But I think read that again. But that's like that's the tone I felt while reading it, and you need to keep going in that direction, man, because it was it's good. And cool. the, the only criticism I have is I want more from Malcolm. You'll get more. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> even, a little more. No, but but I'm but I, saying, I, even I understand. In the outline, what, even in the outline, he seems less present, more wooden, like reactionary. No, no. The only thing is, like, look how many times you mentioned Malcolm versus uh, what's his name? What's the Wolves? Kilvin. Kilvin. You mentioned Kilvin's name twice as much as Malcolm mm-hmm. in the outline. And and there's a good reason. That th- there's a good reason for that. Me. Is because. Uh, Generally, I start with broader plot points, yeah. and and Kilvin is the instigator of a lot of plot. Hmm. Malcolm's decisions matter um, for plot points, but but I want the decision making to be internal. 
you know, where, where he where he makes a, a decision to do something mm-hmm. or not to do something. Uh, so, so the idea is the outside world has all these issues, and for the first half of the book, I want Kilvin to be one of the main issues in his life. But I see what you're saying, and I think next week there will be a lot more of that satisfied yeah. as I turn in more of the outline, as I get deeper into it. And I just wanted to clarify that it, I'm, I'm only recommending you look into Princess of Mars, not because it's a similar story and you should just make sure it's different, but rather that book does it so well, mm-hmm. it has to tell you something. Like, you, you're going to have to take something away from that. All right, like, well, uh, after I finish Left Hand Darkness, that'll be <laughs> that'll be the, uh, the thing I jump into. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, As a writer, there's always more things to read. No, <laughs> I, I, I did change something because I, I, I was having the problem where Malcolm did not have uh, an arc in the sense that he learned something that was useful to the problems that he had at the beginning of the book. In this outline, I tried to introduce uh, an ending where he kind of comes to a realization. Did you guys feel like like that's a, a good direction to go? Yes. Yeah, I didn't get what his problem was that needed mm-hmm. fixing, uh, but I definitely got that by the end he was a different person, mm-hmm. and like his maturity level has gone up. Like the way he says, "Oh, they're the he looks at these other kids. They're, these bullies are just children now." Mm-hmm. And then like he recognizes his mom. He's like he has that. He's able to step outside of himself and see that his mom is really struggling mm-hmm. and yeah. and address that. Like, and maybe like that uh, is and, a great and also direction. maybe moderately afraid of him even before he did the thing that he did. Mm-hmm. And if that's going to play into your other narrative of your other books. That Liam made a kissy motion <laughs> yes. in his mouth. Um, For those no, of you but, but, but the idea where, like, she's almost placating him to be uh, a little bit of a wuss this whole time. And then she's, well, like, been waiting for him I, to I become that, a well, terrible or she's, person. Or she, she, it's like if she's waiting for him to snap. And, like, the, yeah. like if at the beginning of the book... It's an easy it's an easy get for like the end of a movie or a book where it's like and he gets revenge on the bullies. I think personally it would be great if it's just like his revenge on the bullies is like I'm not saying he needs to walk away because he's above it now because that's not as interesting but like right. every other movie would be like he kicks their ass. He's like you stay away and like oh when did he get so good? It's so cheesy. Mm-hmm. But if you're like if his actual perspective of it is he quote unquote kicks their ass but then immediately immediately is like I'm not even scared of them anymore. Not like I'm afraid of being beat up, but it's just like I have much bigger worries in my head because I'm an adult now. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's you're, it'd be like me waking up in my high school or middle school body and just being like, I don't give a shit about any of this. Like, because there's, I think, I think the idea I really wanted to go for is that he has more of an adult perspective, not in yes. the sense that, not in the sense that like, oh, I've done all this shit, so I'm important now. Right, 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 but, right. But more that like he in in his mom lecturing him about fighting with other kids he realizes that she's scared about him being like his dad who he doesn't un- right. even understand why he's in jail now he starts to get a hint the perspective right right yeah, right. Yeah, that, yeah. that he can kind of relate to her a little bit and give her a little bit more of sense of that yeah. that he's growing up reassurance a little bit. that he's not going to be that and, way and, yeah. then, and then the second part of that should be like yeah again i like the idea where like he he's getting pressured by bullies and he's been in this hyper violent world right and he's a little overreactive and then does one thing and grabs a guy and was like, oh, shit, this is not the world I'm from. We're like, yeah, I'm really, right, right. Like, really like, yeah. quickly. Like, he's like, he's like, about to get oh, his, no. He, he's about yeah. to get his ass kicked by bullies. And unlike Ender, yeah. when he gets to the point where he's like totally better than them, he's like, I am totally overreacting. Yeah. Yeah. I need oh, to back off. It's, like, like, I, I, it's like Jason Bourne when he beats up those cops. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just he like, needs to stop. Holy oh, shit, oh, like, oh. what am I capable... Like, having that realization, because when you're in middle school, it's like, 
there's no world that exists outside those walls. Mm-hmm. No. But for him to go be thrown back in there, be confused for a minute, wait, I'm back in middle school, did any of that happen and I'm stuck in this world? It, suddenly middle school matters again, but then in that moment where he has to beat these bullies and like not deliver the killing blow, that's when his brain opens up and is just like you know that that yeah. you know what I'm saying like that yeah. moment of of like there's a whole like other the, world these out are, there. These are somebody's children. Yes, yes, because he had to take care of those other children while right, he was there. Right. So it's like he gains this huge perspective where middle school, this life that he's living, it, it's it's just one small piece, and like what's more important is the way his mom sees him, the way he sees himself, and, and also like he's not a fury here anymore. Yeah. The, he's not in the danger where he needs to be at a at eleven all yeah, times. Right, right, right. So and that's, that's and that's a blessing, and he's so happy about right, it. He yeah. needs to be. He needs to be happy I, about I do, it. I do kind of want like, it to be. Oh, bitter. you're the worst thing that's going right. to happen to me. Oh, I'm fine. I do. Yeah. I do <laughs> want it to be a little bittersweet where he has to leave Kilvin's children fatherless. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know where where he has to. I mean, but but to be fair, he's not the most capable caretaker of them, and mm-hmm. other people in the village will be much more capable. Right. But but the idea that he would. He would be sad about returning because he can't fulfill what he thinks is his duty to those children, but he's he's happy to be back. <laughs> but also, does he does does he question that it ever actually happened? Like, yeah, well, I don't think at, at, in this book, I don't think so. I, I don't I don't think I want to deal with the idea that it ever actually happened in this book. Right. Um. I think maybe in, in the next book, he'll you, you'll get a perspective of because right. the, the, the struggle after that. Yeah. Really? Because the, the, the this is so immediate. Right. I, I, but I almost think like the best part is like, d- does it matter that uh, we're like, did it happen? And then he was like, I have all these skills. Does it matter that it happened? Mm-hmm. Well, I is think it's uh, kind of an interesting thing. The, too. the guilt of leaving the children behind is something Should that be he w- would be poignant at first, like right away. He's like, I like you know, how do you deal with that? But oh shit, I got to deal with these bullies. But then in like in a second book, that's where it's like, wait a minute, did it even really happen? Like mm-hmm. that sort of questions come come up or whatever. Well, do do you feel like where where it leads at the end of this? Because I the ending is not something I really dealt with very much. I didn't feel like I had a good button on it. Do you feel like this is a better place to to kind of draw the line and and, and leave the reader? It's never ending story. If never ending story didn't end like a piece of shit. Yes. <laughs> Okay. I, I would just never ending like, story is, by the way, Moonchild! Awful. No, not even that. Where he rides uh, Falcor and then distresses his bullies. That's what I'm saying. Right. Exactly. It's one of the yeah, yeah. whole thing is that is a terrible ending, but the idea that he just got skills and information and knowledge. And bullying the bullies. Where they're, where they're yeah. not even bullies anymore. Yeah. Bullying He's the bullies okay. shouldn't be the message. It's like, oh, if you no. want to get rid of bullies, you need to kick their ass, which, I mean, is effective in the real world, but, you nah, know. <laughs> as a teacher, it's but, really not, because yeah. most of the time, you just give the bully the license to be like, okay, this is violent now. Depending, Excellent. well, it depends That's on what I was the, looking for. It, it, it I, will, I will say, my pers- I had a lot of experience with bullies when I was a kid. I um, was one, yeah. I, I was not a bully, but but um, I was, I but I, when I was a kid, I looked at bullies as the green light. To, to act however terribly I wanted to those bullies. Um, and I had a lot of negative experience where I would look for an excuse to fight yes. bullies. And, and and when I'd see somebody getting bullied, I would I was I was in a very aggressive violent yeah, aggressive violent mood and and when I'd see somebody getting bullied, I would try to instigate that bully into 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 an action. Not because generally I wanted to protect somebody, but because this is a safe way, morally, yes. for me to get my aggression <laughs> out. And, <laughs> and also, there's nothing like splitting, uh, spitting blood into someone's face. So I've never you, done that. You were the so bad, bad, you were the bad guy in Shame. Yeah. Yes. Pick up the gun. 
<laughs> it's like, I was I was Wild Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of like no, a little, little Bill. I'm you're sorry. A little bill. Oh a shit! Little you're bill. a little Bill. And a, yeah, yeah. yeah, give him the gun. Yeah. Billy, <laughs> like, you're an asshole. Little Little Bill, like my favorite Nick Cage show. That was, by the way, another one of the movie villains that I was seriously considering is Little Bill. Yeah. Aren't you a Billy Jack though? Billy Jack. You were fighting for the good. <laughs> I guess. Nah, he was Little Bill. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, I, I was. My, my goal is to is to next week turn in the whole story that feels like it leads the character from uh from one from one problem where nobody can be honest with him, like, and he doesn't understand adults, and he doesn't know why they won't be honest with him about his father. To him, kind of immediately from the way they speak, being able to put himself in their shoes and have a better perspective of where they're coming from. So mm-hmm. he actually doesn't even need to know. Right. Well, that's a, that's that's a really good arc, and I I'm really a fan of that. All right. Well, hopefully it turns out good. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we're doing western or sci-fi? I think uh, I, I, I we we were talking about holiday films. Yes. That uh, that could be interesting, and we we thought the idea of combining western would be interesting, but. I don't think any of us actually knows how Western people, how people in the 1800s celebrated yeah. Christmas. So I mean, I read A Christmas Carol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they definitely did celebrate it. Yeah. Oh, well, but I mean, the West. What, but that's not right. a Western. Right. I know what you're saying, <laughs> yeah, though, but that, yeah, that's 1800s. So it's, it can't be too far off from that. It can be incredibly far off from that. I'm just saying. It's like, it's not, I don't think it's, the only thing is like, there's no commercialism. Yeah, you know, it's Christmas pre-commercialism, right? But no Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or Frosty the Snowman. Okay, all but, hymns and. Uh, but finding the story in that is is, is right. A, it's, a, you know it's what? A you know what? Because most modern holiday films are about like finding the real spirit of Christmas, cutting through the bullshit. Back then, there was no bullshit. Yeah, to cut so through. it was just. And also, uh, the, the, you know. the, the what like, if it's about finding commercialism and cutting through the bullshit of true love? <laughs> you know what family yeah. in that shit? See, no, robot make, comes in, they're like, you money. can have this, and you can have this, and the cowboy's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, be like, oh, don't you want to talk about Jesus? They're like, we're here for gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. Well, I, I think I think what appeals to me about like we don't really understand Christmas in the past. But Christmas in the future could be interesting. Could be a if, terrible if, nightmare, or great in a weird new way. In a weird new way to express it. Um, well, because because my thought was is like it, is what if it's please. a bunch of people in space who finally get their calendar back online and it's about to be Christmas and they're like, oh, we should do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like like is that a more interesting? I could, could have fun be, with that. Could be. Uh, I had the idea of what if um, there's just a space colony on a distant planet, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the a solar revolution for this planet takes, let's just say, five Earth years, as opposed to one 365. Oh, that's days. a good idea. So they get so, one Christmas well, every be, five it, it years. It could be that, but like you could have a new colonist leaving Earth arrive on this planet and be like, oh, all right, so back on Earth, it's like December 12th, and like they land here, and no one's getting ready for Christmas. And they're like, aren't you guys getting ready for Christmas? Like, oh, we're on our own calendar here. There is no December. Like, we all worship no, Satan. It, well, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going with a religious like like perspective of, oh, right. we don't do whatever, right, but right. a matter of just like, there is no December here. There, we This is a planet that's never heard of Christmas. We don't even have a winter season. It's just, you know, just desert or this something. Is all, the, problem with, the problem with this discussion is I just read the old man's war, and mm-hmm. now that's all I can think about when we're talking about colonies. Uh, well, what can but, I say? So, but, he, but he lands it, and he's like, oh, well, let, let's make Christmas for the first yeah. time. So it's this planet's first Christmas. Can we Christmas. name this movie The Planet Without Christmas? Why yes. Yeah. Right. yeah, okay. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. Okay, so so 
this person lands on this planet and wants Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is that a more interesting character? Or yes. is it a more interesting character if it's a person who's lived on this planet Never for a while? Never heard of Christmas, yeah. Or like pick, the kid. Um, the kid, what's Christmas? It's like, well, you don't know what Christmas is? I, I was it's saying like, a person who's lived on this planet for a while and hasn't had Christmas in a long time. And it's right. like, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. It's I, like, I, this is the end of the year. See, I think you could, you, could, you could combine the person who hasn't had Christmas in a long time with a little kid who's never even heard of it. Yeah. Right. And that could be a really interesting story. Yeah. I think, to me, it's interesting to have an outsider come in and bring, like, bring Christmas to them. Not, like, the goal of bringing Christmas, but, like, they show up and they're just like, so when are we putting up the Christmas tree? Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what the fuck are you talking about? There's no Christmas here. Like, we don't. What's the point? There's no winter. There's no whatever. There's no point in having Christmas. And that's the message. No point in Christmas. You know, it's like, <laughs> yes, it's like yes, that's because yes. that's what holiday films are about. You know, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get to point out the the fact that Max is right now wearing a shirt that's styled like a Christmas sweater. Yeah. That says Merry Christmas, Christmas you, you filthy, filthy animal. Because yeah. <laughs> we are celebrating the Florida winter. It is currently 60 degrees it's outside. So cold. And we're so excited. <laughs> when you say 60, you mean 67. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can dream. We can dream. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think there's a lot of good places you can go with that, but what's our what's our problem? Like why would why would they have opposition? Because what's it's a colony, a planet. They don't have yeah. They want to they're, 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 yeah. No, they have they have no time. Everything. What are they going to get? They're well, all you know, business. That, well, that plus also you could just say like there's not a lot. There's not a lot to give. Everyone's working yeah, every day about keeping make, the colony alive. Everybody's farmers. Yeah, no one. Yeah, yeah, no one can really give gifts. And you know, so it's like, but it's not about gift giving. You know, like that's where all that argument comes mm-hmm. in. But you could also just have it be like, by the time he gets there, like time dilation. Christmas already happened. Like you know, you, you know, but the warp gate you had to jump through or whatever to get here. Christmas is already over on Earth. Even if we were if, to time it exactly, time runs different. But even if even if it was, Christmas is already over. You want to just have Christmas in, in February now? It's February on Earth, you know, and maybe that could be the thing is that maybe maybe when this guy gets to the He new wants planet, his lost Christmas. Maybe, or yeah. maybe maybe Christmas is about to happen. He's going to miss Christmas to get to this planet. He gets to this planet. He's like, all right, only two weeks till Christmas, and they don't even have a plan to do it. And he's like, you guys, first of all, you aren't doing Christmas this year. You've never had a Christmas at all. We need to invent the holiday of Christmas for this planet with new rules and new okay, traditions. Okay, so, so, so yes. if you could change Christmas, yeah. what would you change about it? One, well, there's things... The first more thing I think eating. Of, well, the, more, <laughs> eating. more eating. The thing, <laughs> Several days not to eat. eating well, think, about, think about what you... What are the musts for it to be Christmas, even on another planet? A Christmas tree. I mean, you, got, you, you got, have to have a tree. You got to yeah. decorate a tree. Right. Tree, family, family and food, mm-hmm. presents of some kind. I don't H- think... Pres- hard, hardcore on the food. Yeah, I think I think just the giving in general. You know, here's the here's the thing. What about just what about not so much giving, but the anonymous giving? Yeah, you know what I mean. Where right. where, where you're like it, the idea that you would use Santa Claus as a way to anonymously gift something. To what somebody. if this dude becomes Santa Claus on that planet? <laughs> oh, I love this. They're like, we're not doing Christmas. He's like, oh, there will be. A, he's you're like, doing. Oh, there's there's gonna be a Christmas, you're and I'm gonna Christmas. bring it to mm-hmm. you. Oh shit! What if? Okay, so all the problems with Santa about being able to travel around the world near light speed to do it. What if technology solved that problem for this guy on this planet? Because he's got a teleporter. Well, also, if it's if it's a colony, it's not that big either. It's like he doesn't yeah. have to go over a whole planet. Right, but what if he could approach relativistic speeds because of because of the technology that they have, and he could deliver all, all the, presents the presents in one night to all the children on Earth, or just in, on no, this on new the colony? colony. I didn't imagine the colony being that big, but whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, what if it's like you know, 
That's how he does it. Six thousand families. Yeah, okay. it's still and, that's, a and that's lot. how he does it. He goes up in orbit. <laughs> no, 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 not in orbit. In, with, with, with some new technology, like it puts him in an envelope of space time, and he has to he has to deliver presents to all the little children. Yes, but they would be. I like this. They would be colony presents. So like, water weird stuffed animals and stuff. You know, a car, like, I mean, a carved little yeah, wood yeah. horse thing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that. Even if just, what if he finds little aliens it. on the planet and if you makes them go, make the toys? No, no that's, that's too much. much. That's too much. <laughs> but if he if he literally made <laughs> presents. That in be, in if, the if, envelope. If he, if, he be, if if he, I'm not saying he needs to dress like Santa and have the beard, but if he's just like I'm going to become the spirit of Saint Nick, I'm going to, I'm going to be the avatar of of, of yeah. Saint Nick on this planet. Okay, so the problem with this planet I love is the that is that every, everybody's out there farming. They're working their asses off and they're right. tired. They don't get a break. They're losing morale. Yes, because because yes. it's because it's just so hard. Yes, like not not because not because anybody said anything. Not because they're going to lose the farm. It's just hard. Yeah. and and it and the seasons don't change. Yeah, and and there's nothing. But he knows it's going to be Christmas soon. <coughs> he finds this alien tech right that allows him to travel at relativistic speeds. And it's really hard. You can only do it in a small amount of time, so there's risk. Oh, what if what if like a a, a, a ship comes in and it's gonna it's gonna deliver a bunch of toys, but it can't get off the planet. And he's like, I'm gonna deliver all these toys to all the children in this in this colony, and I can do it in one night. Yeah. What yeah. if he's from that ship and he mm-hmm. crash lands on this planet for docking, and he's gonna miss Christmas back on his own planet? Oh yeah, there's a problem he's, with the ship. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. He was going to go back home. Yeah. And celebrate Christmas. But with there's his a problem family. with the warp drive or something. Right. And he has yeah. to land on this planet, and they don't know anything about it. And yeah. he's like, I can repurpose one of the technologies on here, and I can do it. I can make Christmas great for every child on this planet. Yeah. Can but he, and that's the thing. He has to, in order to do that, he has to somehow go against what his job or mission is or more importantly he's not crash landed he shows up they don't know what christmas is he's supposed to be back for christmas yeah crash cra- he misses I, I, he misses their landing, christmas it's just like he what if he's just there to deliver normal supplies right just normal supplies but something happens there's a problem with the ship he can't get he can't get the ship up so they're like all right you're gonna be here for like maybe two months and he's like oh shit i'm gonna miss christmas and then it's like he's got a family yeah he's got a family and his own kids yeah and his own kids but now so he's so if his if his if it's his job to sort of pilot a ship or just a crew member on this bigger ship or yeah. whatever he then has to say i'm gonna bring christmas to these people but i'm gonna have to sacrifice my job to do it like there has to be some sort of sacrifice to him other than just wasting time because if he's stuck there anyway and he's got nothing to lose it's not a big thing but if he has what, to like what, go what against if, like, well, I, I think i think the job thing is a little outside of um morality a little bit mm-hmm. what if it's what what if it's he could make it back and get christmas with his own family or it, stay here or stay yeah, here yeah. Yeah. So he sacrifices and give it to these children his ship to create the Santa technology instead of fixing his ship to get it. Or what if they, or if they just say, hey, the, the the lithium crystal that would get you back is fractured. We have to wait for it to recharge. Once it recharges, it'll be like, you can get there. It'll only get you to Earth, direct line, just in time for Christmas. He says, okay, I can do that. And he says to himself, or with that same amount of energy, I can spend all that energy going around in one night here like and, and delivering all the presents here. Yes. I think I think him having to sacrifice fam- uh, Christmas with his own family to help all these other families yeah. is the story. Yes, I, I think yes. that's I yes. think that's the conflict, right? That is that's the spirit of giving with strangers. It's like that's everything. Mm-hmm. So so he has to be somebody who wouldn't normally do that, yeah. right? And and come to that. So so he's he's a he's a big family man. Yeah, he cares more about his family, or or even he's a little shallow. You know, doesn't he, he cares more about money and making deadlines and that kind of thing. 
and something about these colonists has to has to strike with him. You know, mm-hmm. like it has to it has to hit him deeply where he's got a just a little. Why are you fucking laughing? Just a little if girl. Is just we like, just wrote every Christmas, Christmas movie, but we did it in a sci-fi setting, and I love it <laughs> yeah. so yeah. much because he's the guy who's not home for his family because he's not working hard. But he was gonna get home and he couldn't do it. Little Cindy Lou Who is the one who's I. What's I love Christmas? It. I love everything mm-hmm. about it. Let's do this. All right, so so what's what's our title for the movie? The Planet, the Planet Without, Without Christmas. The Planet Without Christmas is good. That um, sounds like a TV special. <clears throat> right. Is, is, that, is that good enough for the movie? Yeah. Yes. All right. We had Plan- a movie come Planet Without Christmas. The yeah. Planet Without Christmas. That's our film. Captain Christopher never made it home for the holidays. You'll be home for Christmas this year, right? You promised. Don't you worry, baby. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm only one jump away from making it back to the solar system. What's that? Oh, hell. I I gotta land. I gotta breach in the engine. But the nearest planet had less than he'd hoped. What can I do you for, partner? I need a patched-up jump capacitor, 12 new nav interface fuses, and a Manfred Karkov interstitial. Do you have that installed the next few standard time units? We're just a small farming colony. I might be able to get you up and running in the next few weeks, but that's some high-class stuff you're asking for. Uh, in time for Christmas, maybe? What's Christmas? Kid, you don't know nothing about Christmas? Don't mind my son. He don't know nothing about Earth. Why? Is it dangerous? Soon, Captain Christopher found himself faced with a tough decision. Get home for Christmas with his family? or bring Christmas to families who need it most. All right, Captain. We're all set here. If you leave by tonight, you should make it home in time for that Christmas thing. What about you folks here? What'll you do? We'll get along fine without it. We always have. Say, if you'd have hooked that up to my personal shielding old timer, what kind of speed you think I could achieve? If it didn't blow your head off, I guess you could probably make it around this whole encampment in an hour. Alright, old-timer. Do it. Help deliver the holidays on the planet without Christmas. Coming to a solar system near you. Only 1,200 more homes to go! Thank you, everyone, for listening to Bad Storytellers, now presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud and Audioboom, or subscribe and stream us from Google Play. I've been your host, Josh LaForge, and I'd like to thank my writing group again, Doug Banks, Liam Malone, and Max Wessel. Now remember, as listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow to find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming. Visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Bad Storytellers on all your favorite social networks. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.